Welcome to Motorcycles and Mist. Coming to you live from the Recycle Garage in Sunny, Sunny Santa, Santa Cruz, California. Jim. What? The? What? Where's that What's horn, that? man? Are you talking to me? You were commissioned to do that. That was your horn. chance. Liza hates that shit. <laughs> Where everyone is welcome to come for a fun day at the beach, except for yesterday. Shit show. <laughs> it was like a literal shit show. Actually. Literal shit show. Mm-hmm. Literal. Knock, you want to give your, your telling of what happened? So apparently a septic truck jumped one of the roads uh, <gasps> parallel to Highway 17. You didn't know this, Jim? No. And it's, yeah, uh, Black yeah. Road that comes down right at the reservoir, right yes. before yeah. Bear Creek. Black Road lost his brakes. Lost his brakes. So the thing oh, no. goes over two lanes and it's shut down both ways. Broke through the concrete barrier. Dang. Mm-hmm. Did anybody get hurt? Seriously yes. hurt? One, yeah. one fatality and uh, just injuries. But uh, yeah, they shut the lanes down two truck. ways. So yeah, wow. so there was yeah um, concrete everywhere, um, mm-hmm. cars everywhere, dead people. Jeez. And shit. Dead person. Wow. Shit everywhere. So oh, yep. they li- they literally shut down the highway and said, do not come to Santa Cruz. Yep. CHP was doing, stay stay home, don't come to Santa Cruz. That's why it took me an hour to get from Boulder Creek to Santa Cruz, because it was back-to-back traffic, people yeah. coming the back way. There was also yeah. uh, an accident wow. which involved a light flight by Brookdale Inn. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and joining me in the studio tonight. In the studio? In the studio. Uh, uh, next with the schedule. Yes, that's me. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we got sitting so far away from me, I cannot fondle him, which is really it's hard. It's hard for me. <laughs> I'm missing it too. It's knock. Hey, how you guys doing? Hi. What's up? And uh, next to him, it's Matt. Howdy. Right, Joining us for right the, the first dirt. time. Yeah, we'll get to that. And uh, holding her own on the holding classic girl. No, would you just? I'm going to stop you there, Eliza. Holding yes. my own what? Well, mm-hmm. Holding your own schedule. Schedule. Yeah, schedule. That's made out of aluminium, darling. It's, made of it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Hello. Well, I'm just thrilled to be here. And uh, sitting in his usual spot in the comfy chair that everybody wants, and I say no, no. You can't have it because that belongs to Naked Jim. Hey, it's the ventilation chair. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Fair fair chair. Yeah, I hope everybody's doing well, enjoying summer. And then the caboose on the train tonight. It's Stumpy John. What's up, everybody? Happy to be your caboose today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. And then also joining us from his luscious garage in, uh, is it Veneta, Oregon? Veneta. Veneta. It's Bagel. Grüße aus Oregon. Yeah. Achtung und Vorsicht bei der Abfahrt. Deutscher, ja. Guten, lieben, klippen, klippen. Genau. Aluminium, darling. Well, we got some cool things to talk about, and we have a cool guest coming on in a little bit. But before that, I wanted to get some ride reports because I haven't, I haven't ridden for a while. So I'm, I'm going to live vicariously through some of y'all. Uh, John and Jim, you guys had a fun ride yesterday, I hear? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let John fill you in. But yeah, we uh, we went out to Hollister Hills. It was cool. Was it? Was it too dry? Uh, I Well, I, I thought it was, it was pretty nice. The um, the conditions were, were actually good. The, it, it just started where it was no more red sticker bikes, right? So in California, oh, if you're not familiar... Uh, some bikes that pollute a lot basically are red stickered and you can only ride them during certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. So red sticker season ended uh, June 1st. So that always cuts the crowds way back. Um, but I don't know what else is going on. Maybe people are barbecuing. I know they are our graduations, but 
John and I showed up uh, about one o'clock. Um, and it was, I won't say it was empty, but it was pretty, pretty darn light, which was cool. I mean, John, you'd only been there one time yeah, before, Yeah, my second right? time there, yeah. And you were on the bigger bike last time, right? Yeah, I was on the KLR last time. Yeah, so we got there, but just, just the condition-wise, you know, occasionally the, the easier trails, they'll groom them a bit. They mm-hmm. run some sort of a tracked thing over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the, like, the little jumps that you come over and it's mm-hmm. just cratered on the other side, there weren't too many of those. A lot of the, So once we, oh. and, and we stayed kind of on the simpler stuff, I mean, some intermediate trails, because um, it's fun. You didn't get up some speed, but all the jumps were kind of jumpable. So that was kind of Did fun. you guys ride there or trailer there? Oh, we trailer. We trailer. Ah. We trailer. But I'm curious to hear John because he had the he has his new bike out there. Yeah, very different experience. So this is. I mean, you really haven't broken in the mm. XT very much. <laughs> he broke it in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and when I first took you to Alistair, since we were on the big bikes, I just kind of did like took you on all the easy trails. Um, just kind of did a tour right. and then we rode back home. <clears throat> so what new things did you discover at Holster? Well, we did not play hide the weasel, unfortunately. So <laughs> damn. Just, you do just not want to play hide the weasel with Jim. <laughs> I'm glad I you. don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's catch the weasel. Mm. Catch the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, great to be back there a second time. Last time was really, uh, you know, being on the big bike, it was a little different. So I took the, the um, XT225 out. Yesterday, which is kind of my real first on a shakedown ride for it, other than the little stuff that uh, Liza and I did a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was great, man. It, you know, it was, uh, I was surprised about how empty it was, like Jim said. And it was, uh, the trails are great and the jumps are cool. And, you know, that little XT was fun. It, you know, it's always, to me, it seems a lot more fun to go, you know, 80, 90% on a small bike than to do, you know, 10 or, you know, 50% on a bigger bike. So it's just kind of, you know, I fell down like I always do and got, but it was like, hey, this thing's light. Woo, pick yeah. it right up. And so we came out of that. There's a little playground area where um, there's a, um, yes. like a little seesaw thing. And and Jim's such a great rider. It was fun to follow him. But, um, but you know, we were going through there. And so at the end, Jim's like, okay, let's go back. So he went up and around and I just, I kind of cruised up this. Well, I wanted to describe the playground area. Yeah. And- Matt, you've never been to Hollister Hills, Never right? been to Hollister. So it's it's almost like a ski resort in that you have all these different hills and runs and everything, right? It's pretty vast. Um, but there's this one section that is on the basically the foothill um, that has, you're going through the oak trees and you've got different things where they've set up like a riverbed mm-hmm. or there's a sand and there's actually a pond there. Yeah. So you can ride around the edge of the pond. <laughs> I learned about or, that pond yesterday. <laughs> or there's also some like uh, creek beds that you can go down and up and it's called the playground and there's a teeter totter and there's some like wood and stuff. It basically gives you all the different things you might run into on like an adventure ride that you can just Practice and there's like a mini enduro whoopsies Mm. and stuff like that, but you can just kind of pick and choose. It's we call it the playground because it's just all these little setup scenarios Mm -hmm. for practicing Mm -hmm. that you can just ride around and try. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know the writing was fun. Uh, It was it's that Hollister mix between sand and then just hard packed, almost like concrete. Yeah, Mm. Um, but it was fine. Uh, uh, And the playground was a hoot. You know, I I I went in and did the teeter totter thing, and I looked over. John, right behind me, over the teeter-totter. There oh, he goes. Oh, nice. Then he charged down into the creek bed, and I don't know what happened. I saw a big puff of dirt <laughs> after that. <laughs> no, what happened is I came out, you know, and it's a little steep, so I gassed it coming up the little hill, and as soon as I crested, there's the pond there, and I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> yeah, it's basically, it's like a crater. Yeah. So you go up the edge of the crater, and you don't know that 
Yeah. That it's not flat up there. Oh, Lord. And that it, it yeah. do- drops down into a pond. The X-T's, motherfucker. The XT's yeah. brakes are more like a suggestion than they are like a real brake. Yeah. So. yeah, how did the bike do, though? Like... It did, you know. It's 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 small and it's light. It's underpowered, but mm-hmm. it's enough to get around. It, it climbed the hills, you know. I mean, Jim's bike is certainly faster. It's a newer bike with better suspension. So, I you know I have suspension on order for two months now. So I'm going to yeah. go through that and hopefully it'll that'll help it a little bit. But man, nothing's coming quick right now via nice, yeah. You know, via mm-hmm. um, via Britain actually. Both both pieces are coming. Oh, Jesus, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I was happy with it. You know, it's I. Yeah, super happy with it. So I put a gas tank on today, and cool. you know, so we can get a little more, a little more uh, mileage out of the desert. And uh, Liza had some bar risers, so trying to make it mine and make it fit a little better. So after you know, I'm on my way. Yep. Well, I'm the tank that. looks pretty clean, honestly. I like the yeah, I like the white tank. Yeah, it turned out nice. I was real yeah. happy with it. But you know, we were you know you worried about power, and we did some pretty not crazy hill climbs, but some pretty you know long hill climbs, sustained stuff. And uh, it seemed like the bike tracked it up pretty good. Yeah, the nice thing about the XT, because it's a six-speed, um, you know, low, first gear is pretty granny. So just drop it in the first, and it'll just about climb anything. So that's, even with my fat ass on it. So that's, that's It's a goat. Cool. Yeah, but then we were talking about having to pick it up. Like, picking it up, you know, the, versus your 650, oh you know, on flat ground, it's one thing. But we had to pick, you know, get it going, what, twice, if not every oh, time on, on yeah. the hill. Yeah. So what, three times or so? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, he broke it in. It was, it was awesome, though. You were charging. <laughs> Mike was telling me that he went dirt biking with Trevor, who has my old 250. Yeah, but Sierra and that he like, I mean, uh, crashed coming like uh, down a hill and like high sided. So the Ugh. the top of the bike was on the downhill side, and he didn't have enough experience to know to grab the wheel and flip it around. Yeah. So he got on the downhill side oh, and had no. to lift it up. Mm. Oh God, no! And yeah. and yeah, apparently cracked something again on that bike. Ugh. That bike has like <laughs> 1,200 miles on it. Is on its like fifth owner. <laughs> And Two side just pieces. Keeps getting cut, smashed, cut. but that engine it's, keeps uh, running. Yeah, it's on its second subframe right now. <laughs> I can say thank you for that bike, Emma. It yeah. is still going. You're welcome. It's unkillable. Well, it sounds like you had a good tri- uh, ride there. Were there um, what? Were there any other challenging roads you took John up, John? Because I didn't take you on like we high did, road. We did a lot of the blue stuff, and I don't know if blue is really blue there. It's like green plus, I think. But um, yeah, it was definitely different trails more single track uh, he took me on and uh we I, we found an interesting little spot that had never been open before i haven't seen it mm-hmm. right as you go where they have that atv track and yeah. it kind of splits off yeah. into the easier trails they had a section open up where it had it like a uh uh like a hard enduro kind of course right. what do they call it uh enduro cross or, i don't know what they were calling oh, it yeah, well, yeah, yeah. they Obstacle. had two sections they had the motocross section enduro cross like what yeah, was, but they called it like obstacle cross, right, and then it was right. a little motocross. But it it was but it was basically like a Jocelyn thing on a yeah, little yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. So it was really steep and had the pipe you could go over and the cement shit. Is this a new development? I had never yeah. seen it before. Okay. And I'm like, but it looked like it had been there. But it was kind of fun. It was a basically a little skills kind of trials thing. It was it was Who pretty builds neat. all this stuff? Is there like volunteers? It's state. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a state park. Yeah, but I mean surely they're are, yeah, they have it, rangers it, there. The rangers do all that stuff, or is it like? Yeah, well, and during COVID, kinda... it was shut down, so they were able to really get in there and do a lot of work. Okay. I think Cora does some work out there too, a volunteer days. Yeah, Sometimes, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's nice to get to like actual motorcycle people to build and set that up. You know, not yeah, I thought there'd be like a Friends of Hollister organization it might be all the above uh-huh. i don't know but it, but you know in that playground section they're continuing to build it out they're doing more step up stuff and you know anyway crazy I like that. You know, yeah it's kind of neat it is and we had a another great day in the garage today emma you were busy helping fix stuff yeah, yeah moving moving around from bike to bike but we did some quite good jobs today yeah and we had um a new rider show up beth who's 
I, I think this is cool. She went to a shop to look at new bikes right. and yeah. explain that she was a brand new rider, hasn't even taken the class. She just went there to kind of learn about all the options, and they sent her to us. Well, right. What yeah, shop really did, cool. did that? That's awesome. Some Monterey. S- something down something in, in Monterey. Seaside. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. Must be Seaside. Might be Seaside Power Sports. It could be, but it's not really their MO. It's probably yeah. one of the smaller ones, maybe. Well, shout out to whoever did that. So I thought that was cool. So like, yeah. she really had no idea yeah. what kind of styles there were, what fits. So she got to sit on a bunch of bikes, and then I took her in and gave her a bunch of gear. Yeah. Oh, cool. She was cool. She's like, the only thing that she said is just like, yeah, all I know is motorcycles are cool, and I want one. So That's all you got to know. Yep. I think she'll come back. She stayed all day. Yeah. yeah. Right She's kind of fascinated, nice. and Emma, you were you were you had Brendan's bike apart. What would you do on that? Um, it's quite a common problem on SVs and V strums. They're um, they're plagued with coolant leaks. You know these mm. um, those bikes kind of run warm, and summertime temperatures and thin oil, and if the oil gets a little bit low, the problem's exacerbated, and. The coolant system's like a labyrinth throughout the engine. You know, yeah. the, the the thermostat, instead of being bolted onto the engine, it kind of sits almost like a spider hanging between the cylinders. And a couple of the O-rings had gone bad. You know, they'd just gone hard what, and nasty. Was it, was it a coolant leak from the rear cylinder or something? From no, the, it's, it's actually where, it's where the bypass hoses go into the cylinders oh, themselves. right, okay. And it's like a steel tube. Um, I'm sorry, it pushes that's, into that's, the aluminium head. And yeah. you know, I'm it's sorry, like Emma, that's tube. A tube, darling. Tube, tube. Tube. It's tubular, darling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a long drink of water for a small sip, but basically it took us about two hours to pull it down enough to put two 50-cento rings in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know he brought to he me some, thing, of, huh? some of the uh, the splices that go in for the tubing. Yes. They were very, very corroded. So oh, I yeah. stuck him to work with a wire brush cleaning them. Exactly. Out. And he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, I think it was running pretty good at the end. Yeah, it yeah, ran great. And it, yeah. more importantly, it didn't leak. Yeah. Because there's nothing more demoralizing than fixing a leak and then starting up. The thing leaks again. Yeah. We, we don't like that kind of behavior. And then, Bagel, you went on a ride, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, several rides, actually. Um, the Top Dead Center Scooter Club here in Eugene uh, had their Oregon 100 rally this weekend, <clears throat> which is uh, centered around a uh, timed uh, a timed uh, uh, course ride around mm-hmm. uh, the area. And uh, we had about, uh, I think it was 47 scooters in all that participated. Mm, nice. And uh, so we had, uh, well, the rally started on Friday night with a meet and greet in town at uh, the Jackalope Lounge and uh, had a good uh, good turnout. People showed it up, uh, a lot of old friends who I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, so that was that was really cool. And um, yeah, and we uh, were all pretty much staying outside and um, but we were able to have uh, and have beers out there on the sidewalk. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. And uh, lots of vintage bikes uh, showed up, uh, Vespas and Lambrettas mostly. I was the only Heinkel. Um, nice. lots of lots of people were were fascinated by it a lot of people said it was the first time they'd ever seen one in person so uh so it was really cool i was able to bring it out and and uh 
have them give them that opportunity. Were you like were you like Scooter Jesus showing the people the way <laughs> with, with your ankle? Are you a ankle head? <laughs> You're starting to look well, like kind of Jesusy there, man. It's it's the kind of bike that that people love to admire, but not it's not the bike that everybody necessarily wants to own or ride. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's not the fastest, but uh, but it's it's certainly very different and uh, and really it stands out quite a bit. Um, but, uh, but my, my uncle did, uh, run very well all weekend, which I was very, uh, very happy about. Nice. And, um, the, so the main event was, was on Saturday. This was the hundred mile ride, uh, which was through a, a course that we, that was unknown until that, uh, like just before the ride and everybody got a route sheet that told them where to go. Hmm. And the course was divided up into four segments and each segment you were supposed to have, uh, get as close as possible to the established time for that route but you didn't know what that time was but it was it was set based on a vintage scooter you're riding a vintage scooter um but you had to kind of guess at what sort of a normal pace would be and follow that and navigate it properly so that you're on course and you don't lose time and so um so it's it's a it's it's kind of a guessing game, but <laughs> if you're if you're if you ride consistently and you navigate well, you can you can do pretty well. Were, were you allotted extra spark plugs just in case things start to get fouled? Uh, that's that's all on you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it uh, it was it was a challenging course to navigate. There were a lot of turns, and uh, you had to pay attention to you know how how uh, far the stretch was for each uh, each segment that you were you were going, where each each road you were riding on. Um, but, uh, but, but that was riding in a team of four people and, mm. uh, and it went actually really well for us. We only almost missed a couple of turns, but caught it, you know, before, before we went the wrong way. And, uh, and we came in fairly, we weren't, we weren't in the top, uh, top three or so, but we came in, uh, fairly well. Uh, I think we might've been sixth or something like that. Did you get a roll chart to go with that? Yeah. Get, nice. Okay. Rad. Yep. Yeah, we had uh, there were roll charts and there were like like larger route sheets depending on what uh, people's preference was. So um, yeah, so that was uh, it was a great ride. Um, it was it was a little bit overcast um, and a little little chillier than we'd hoped for it to be, but uh, but it wasn't too bad. And uh, the roads were clear, and uh, there were nice uh, all, all along nice back roads uh, throughout the uh, Lane, Lane County area, nice. and um, so there wasn't a lot of traffic, which was nice. And, um, and we had a nice, uh, barbecue at the end of the day after the ride, uh, at, uh, one of the club members houses, um, and, uh, with a raffle and, uh, and awards for people who did, uh, did the best on the ride. And, uh, then this morning, uh, we had a breakfast meetup and then a ride through, uh, wine country mm. and, uh, back into Eugene. So, uh, so it was a, it was a great weekend and I put a total of 366 miles on my Heinkel oh my over God. the weekend. So, uh, it's, it's definitely gotten the biggest workout it's had in l- literally over a decade. And how did it run bagel? It, it, it ran phenomenally well. Um, I think I might need to tweak the carb a little bit. Um, it's got a little bit of a flat spot sort of on the low end. Um, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's quite getting to the upper end of the RPM ranges as, 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 easily as it should but it is a heinkel so, so maybe that's just all it's got <laughs> i'm zooming in on where you live in the surrounding areas of yeah. there's a lot of cool roads over there man there are very a lot sneaky. of very nice roads yeah and uh, there's a lot of agricultural areas around here and um little winding roads that go all through uh, that uh, that really don't get a lot of traffic so um knock when yes. we came back from the one show um we stopped at bagels mm-hmm. me and michael and 
when we left Bagels, we took back roads pretty much, uh, I'd say, for a couple of hours. Does yeah, that yeah. sound about right, Bagel? Um, yeah. Um, and it's glorious countryside. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely... You went off like a 126, because I'm looking at 126. Yeah, no, parts. I think yeah. we took all, 126 all the way down. And, yeah. uh, no, it's absolutely glorious. Really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, we're not too far from the lake, and uh, a lot of wetlands around that, around there, and it's a beautiful but country. My, my question to you, Bagel: How much more do you think you would have enjoyed that ride had you been on a proper motorbike <laughs> on a PC eight hundred? <laughs> yeah, PC eight hundred, baby. Uh, it, it would have, it would have, it would have been uh, very, um, very easy, but. Uh, <clears throat> But very disappointing. Do you think you might have got the same experience? Do you think you might have got ribbed a little by your scooter chums? Oh, very much. <laughs> okay. Well, we one mustn't have that. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a great time and uh, lots of good people and and just uh, good really good vibes. So uh, many and thanks then, to Joe and everybody at the Top Dead Center Scooter Club for putting on a great rally. How many Heinkels were there? I, I was the only one. Oh God! I am yep. absolutely thrilled that you are using the HE triple one again because it's it's brilliant. Really. One hundred three. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> the one hundred three A two. Yes, the Heinkel. Heinkel um, yes. Jesus. But you yeah, Jesus. I think it. I think it's an epic machine. Yeah, it's and it's. I have to say, it's really nice to 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 get out and ride it again. Uh, because I, I only got uh, got it back together last year um, because right. it had been out of out of commission for I think since 2007. Right. And um, and it's I'm not I've, I've noticed that I'm not used to riding it, so it took a little bit to get get back into the swing of it. But you know, it started coming back, and uh, yeah. and it felt really good. And you know what, Bagel, I wouldn't yeah. mind actually putting forward that as a contender for a misunderstood machine, because. Mm -hmm. Unless you understand what it was designed for and what Germany was like when it was new, yeah. you really can't fully understand what it is because it's a very big, heavy, extremely slow scooter, which is mm -hmm. complete opposite for the offerings from it Italy. And you think, well, what the hell is this thing about? But then you understand that in the late 50s and early 60s, Germany was still very much a country rebuilding from the Second World War. Traffic was very, very light. But it was a relatively big country. So yeah. if you're going from town to town on back roads that don't have many cars on them, a Heinkel scooter is actually quite a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and a lot of Germany is is fairly flat too, so you don't have to worry about about hills and how many in the how many horsepower has that thing got? I. I think it's oh I'd have to I'd have to look it up. It's but, single digits, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's I like want to say nine. But yeah, I want to say it's about nine. Yeah, you, you know where that that scooter is even better suited for? Where? Where's that? A vintage scooter rally. That's the best place for it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I was, I was the the slow one among the uh, vintage scooters, pretty much, <laughs> especially um, on the hills. Well, do you think the bagel is best suited as a vintage scooterist rally? Because you are quite a vintage scooterist now, aren't you? Well, I have been since the beginning. Yes. No, I mean you as a you are vintage, darling. Oh, I am vintage. Yes. Yes. I am indeed. Well, we are, most of us are. Hey, bagel. I got a question for you on that. Um, yes. On that scoot, is it? Does it have an e-start or is it kickstart only? It is electric start. It has a dyna start, in fact. Mm. 
because uh, Matt was asking when 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 Kickstarts went out of fashion, Eastarts came in, which leads to a story. But first, I want to say that Paul has joined us. Say hey, everyone. Hello. There you <laughs> go. So, um, Paul, you miss this. I, I wanted to give Matt, your son, another little lesson. She wanted to haze me. And he, <laughs> he thought it was hazy. No, no, no. I think it is important, and everyone in this room has gone through it. That the hazing? No, mm-hmm. that you are able to kickstart a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. I told you I kickstarted an XR200. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> that does not count. But we had Knox XR650R sitting out there, and I'm like, this is perfect. I could not start it, by the way. But there was no key. There was no which key. might have been important. I wish, no, I told you you probably wouldn't. But I could also tell that you... I would not have. It, would, it wouldn't have. No, I think it is important. And it was kind of fun to see him out there uh, kicking away. And, and uh, I think everyone needs to be able to experience that. But at least just on that bike, compared to Mikey's knucklehead that was here earlier, God, yeah. That you can see that it takes a bit of effort, finesse, and knowledge to probably kickstart. But... E-starts have been around. When did when was, oh, when God. was the first I mean, E-start? No, E-starts have been around forever. Forever. For, for as long <laughs> as motorbikes. But, yeah. you know, the, the biggest problem with motorcycles, and it's we're fighting the same battles now with electric bikes as we fought all along, is real estate or lack thereof. Um, mm-hmm. A motorcycle is a very, very compact device, and there's a lot going on. And electric starters really were certainly not invented by the Japanese manufacturers. But they were sort of perfected because the Japanese figured out the way to make everything small enough to bolt it on a motorbike. Mm. Um, before then, you'd see an electric start on a bike, say, you know, on a Harley. The electric starters in the early 60s were big as car starters, but, you know, it's a big damn bike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's in the early 60s, you could buy a Yamaha 90cc twin with an electric start on it. It's like mm. amazing. And so, that was the Dyna starter. That was the Dynamo that became the starter, you see. And and Matt, how many bikes did you say you have ridden? Not many. I think I could certainly less than 10 different bikes. And oh, mo- damn. Most, That's good, though. Most good of the bikes start. I've really spent time riding are, yeah, just bikes I've owned. I mean, I, right. I kind of mm-hmm. came to the sport on my own mm-hmm. terms and sort of by myself. And Well, you know, I, b- I believe you lead quite a sheltered life living in your laboratory, don't That's you? That's true. Yes. Okay, well, we need to fix that, <laughs> sweetie. We'll start hanging out with the biker trash. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. biker trash. Girls and motorbikes for you, young man, mm-hmm. is there, what we prescribe. The bright future ahead. Yes, there, I believe so. There is some a record of you riding a bike or trying to. Uh, looks that, like, looks like glossy. Paul, how old was he here? Probably seven, I think. I think he was seven. Yeah, that's and, about uh, right. They came down, and I, I remember um, I let Paul ride my BMW and, and and put Matt on, and then I took your your older brother, who was how old was John then? Nine, probably. Yeah, like nine. nine? Mm-hmm. I took him on the Ducati. I said, "Hey, kid, you want to see what a hundred feels like?" <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I remember because I was on the BMW, and I, I remember that he was on the bike that was red, which meant it was fast. I, <laughs> true, one hundred percent true. True. Yeah, and and what's cool about this photo is, if you notice, this is taken in front of the garage before there was a tent, before there was wow. anything. That's hmm. last time he visited. It was when I just started the garage. Oh wow! Not more wild wow. And there was nothing here. And we rode yeah. up to Davenport, as I recall, and yeah, I think we switched bikes, didn't we? Did I let you ride the? I think so. <clears throat> Maybe not. 
You didn't do a hundred though. I was let down by that. <laughs> no, the no. one thing I want, the one thing you want when you're seven years old is a red motorcycle that goes a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, no. jo- and John bragged to his mother on the ride home that you had taken him to a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> oh God, I bet she that almost, went down well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why we didn't see him for the last ten years. Yeah. Liza doesn't care about your kids. Just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was on Highway One, and it lasted about three seconds. Ah, that's fair. But you know, sort of cares about your kids. On the Ducati, you could get it up pretty kick, pretty quick. So yeah. that was fun. But you had a great um, uh, experience today. I think you got to see a lot of different bikes mm-hmm. and sit on some bikes, mm-hmm. including Mike's chopper with these like apes and it's forward controls. And insane uh, that you can ride that and survive. <clears throat> And you yes. got to see uh, Electric Terry ride in on <laughs> the charger on there. <laughs> and on the contraption. On the barge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the dog So barge. you got to sit on a few bikes. Were there dog any barge. that stuck out that you really enjoyed? I, I already forgot the name. Obviously, the show bike that was here was really the motorcycle of the oh, day the, for the, me. The, the little motomarine oh. That, that thing yeah. is just too beautiful yeah. to not desire. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um but, you know, I, I know that you have just kind of been deep dive uh, going into, like, adventure. That's what brought me in. Bikes. I 100% was brought into motorcycling by the sort of adventure sort of surge recently. That's, yeah. that's what brought me in. Well, you, sir, are in luck. Because joining us tonight on the show, the editor of ADV Moto Magazine himself, it's Carl Parker. Carl, are you there? I am here. Can hey! you hear me okay? Yeah. There he is. Oh, hey. All right. All right. Can you can you awesome. can you see us all? Uh yeah, I think I've uh got a visual like on everyone. It's uh it's, it's a really cool setup you've got there. It's That's kinda, awesome. Kind of crazy, everyone's, huh? It's cool. Everyone's hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Carl, so great to have you on here. Um ADV Moto Magazine is pretty pretty cool i think i gifted a subscription to jim yeah it was it was a great surprise it uh came home and opened the mailbox and instead of bills it's like hey there's a cool nice adventure motorcycle magazine all of a sudden so yeah yeah, i was yeah i was stoked on it magazines what are those uh it's nice to hold in your hands yeah Yeah. well i met carl back at the ama vintage days uh a few years ago now i think it was yeah yeah, boy, that was probably three or four years ago or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Nock, you might, might were you there when we had the Chicksistan ladies? No, I was probably no, oh, at but home Bagel or, was. Yeah, I think that was yeah, it was twenty eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah I got to meet Carl, and he let me <laughs> a complete stranger. He let me take out his uh, Himalayan for a spin when they were just oh, brand fun. new. Right, I was very curious about them. Well, Carl, thank you for coming on. Um, I know there's so much to talk about. What you should know is you have a room full of people who are, uh, besides just being motorcycle nuts, a lot of us are adventure and enduro fans. So especially as I was just introducing Matt and Paul who are here, who are just getting into it. In fact, Paul just got a new bike that's pretty cool. Paul, you want to tell everyone what you got? Uh, Tenere 700. Brand new. Brand new. Sick. What a great Sick bike. Sick bike, dog. How do you like it? How do you like yeah, it? I, lo- I love it. Aren't those coming up in an issue, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know, there's just so much stuff out there for the uh, T7. Uh, it's it's fantastic uh, how much support, especially like the aftermarket, is thrown at it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I mean, there's just there's just so much stuff uh, that, you know, that, that, that you can do on the bike. Have you had much chance to ride it yet? No, it only has about 
400 miles on it. I think I put so like 300 of those miles on for you. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count. He's just test riding it for yeah. you. You got to crash it. It took a couple months to get. I ordered it in January and I got it just at the end of April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it needs yeah. some accessories. It needs the uh, upper crash bars and I have the lower ones, but I've got to get the upper ones. You got to do it. What else are you going to put on there? I mean, like, what's your dream T7? You got to get some cool lights. You got to get some bark, yeah. bark busters. You got oh, yeah. to complete yeah, the yeah, Tron lights. It's pretty stock. It's 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 in a sad state right now, so it needs. I to will be say upgraded. they look pretty good stock, though, as far as <laughs> ADV bikes go. Uh, they were a lot smaller than I expected them to, expected them to be. It's uh, sitting next to one. I was like, oh, this is decent size. You know, well, they, workable. Well, I mean, motorcycle. they they had to be because the Super Ten is such a truck. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the only criticism that you can level at the Super Ten is just such a friggin giant bike it's not for everyone so you make the tenere a manageable size well it's like shaffer's chain drive yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. super tens a shaft yeah right it's a cool bike i sat on it. it's the first time i'd sat on one I've, I've ridden the super the bigger one uh, a few times mm-hmm. which is cool you know we got the africa twins but but the little one feels way more fun to ride like you could you could i mean still has the big front wheel right 21 inch 21 front wheel. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so but it didn't feel like it when you sat on it you know when you right. saw the africa twin um Boy, it certainly feels like this is a tall bike, but that one felt oh, much, yeah. much more nimble. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and you've got some, like, look like Shinko 704s on it mm-hmm. or something, some sort of knobby. Uh, Pirelli's, isn't it? The, it? Those are Pirelli's. Yeah, they're coming with Oh, are they? But they looked all yeah. right, man. I, I, I think it would be fun to take that out on some fire roads and, you know, and rip yeah. it up a little bit. Well, actually, they're going for a ride tomorrow, oh, and I was suggesting they mm-hmm. go do the Old Coast Highway. The one around behind Bixby yeah, Bridge. Yeah, behind Bixby I was telling Bridge. the same one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, all the other cool stuff's closed because mm. of the fires, but yeah. that one you can still access. Carl, have you been uh, Have you been on Old Coast Highway out here? Mm-hmm. Have you ridden much on Highway 1? Uh, actually, no, I haven't. I did ride up a northern part of it uh, when I was touring around the United States in 03 uh, and had some really great times up there. Uh, so it is, it is beautiful, but I haven't seen the uh, southern part of it uh, during, during the day. Well, you officially have an open invitation to come up here and borrow a bike and go for a ride. Hey, right on. There's a question for you, darling. Where are you based? Where are you calling us from? Oh, uh, we are um, out of Virginia, basically. So East Coast okay. time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, out here, uh, you know, it's a lot of the Appalachian riding. And, oh, fantastic. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's really nice, and the community is really coming together, you know, really well out here. And it's a great place uh, to ride a T seven. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's a fantastic amount of there's of a gold. mud kind of touring and twisty roads too, you know. But they also can break into some, you know, uh, nice off road sections. Gravel's perfect for that kind of bike. Now, do you do you have the ability to to get some riding in from Four Seasons, or you know, late fall until early spring? It's done or can you get at least some in you know it depends on how hardcore you are right right you know i mean, I mean well, we're, we're, we're very soft core because we live in california you know when <laughs> winter for us is sure. rain happily spoiled yeah yeah, yeah no i said you know um if if you had asked me that i would say about 10 years ago i would probably say that it would be uh it would be much more seasonal but actually the winters have been kind of warming up Right. So it depends on uh, what your personal tolerance level is. Um, you know, like for me, it's not as much of a problem as long as it's not wet and freezing. Oh, right. Yeah. Like as soon as it gets wet and freezing, the game changes. Uh, <laughs> you know, like dramatically. But if it's cold, but it's sunny and dry, which it is sometimes in the winter, 
uh, you know, then, uh, then there's yeah. no reason that you, you know, that you, that you can't also ride. However, when you get into the mountains and in the canopies, there's a lot of mud out here, right. uh, you know, and the way that those will freeze overnight and stuff like that, you know, but anyway, it's just a different uh, place to ride, but there's plenty of riding around here. Oh, sure. And I wanted to give Carl a plug because I was recently on his show. What? With Shauna Michelle, the Rev Sisters for oh, the Moto Film Festival. That, that was a great show. I really enjoyed that. You guys are awesome. Oh, thanks. Because not only does he thanks. have the magazine, he also has. Is it it's podcast and YouTube? Are you doing both? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Oh, right. Just like we're yeah. doing. Cool. Yeah. I, just so people can get a, the plug in. Let's, let's hear. Where, where do people find you? It's oh, uh, well, I mean, you can just go to uh, YouTube, uh, ADV Moto. Um, uh, you know, uh, we, we also link to stuff uh, around all of our social and Instagram, all that stuff is ADV Moto Mag, but our next show will be this Thursday, um, where we're going to have Kelly Quinn, uh, some newer as throttle girl. Mm-hmm. She's been writing a pan America, uh, around, I think covering some parts of route 66 for a while, kind of testing it out. Um, and, uh, you know, creating some stories about it. And then, uh, um, we're going to have a couple of the guys from Harley Davidson on right. themselves, and we're going to go talk about, you know, like the Pan America and, uh, you know, how, how it came to be and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, um, it's a really interesting entry into the market right now. And I think there's a lot of cool stories to, to learn there. Yes, Carl. It, the, the Pan America was here last week with the Harley How'd you guys Davidson. like it? How'd you guys like well, I, it? I loved it. I mean, it's such a giant leap forward um, for anything that Harley's offered. I mean. It, and, and I want to say Emma's perspective is not so much as an adventure rider, but as a master mechanic. And lover of bikes. So when she says she likes a bike, fit and finish mm-hmm. is, I think, at the foremost for you, would you say? Well, and Harley, for all their faults, Harleys have always been very, very well bolted together. And I'm not speaking as a as a Harley fan, but, you know, criticism of paintwork and chroming and powder coating, it's never really been a Harley problem. Harley problem has been kind of getting the weight down, getting the power up, and actually getting the... Th- Thing so mm-hmm. it can compete and the pan america is just it might be the best adventure bike i've ever ridden mm. potentially i mean it's a big old thing but dear god it's got so much power and it looks so cool and it looks cool and it does as an inexperienced adventure rider but a very experienced mechanic it does everything i'd want from an adventure bike and probably a lot more as well you know, it, it strikes me as it, it doesn't strike me as hard as a hardcore adventure bike ish as some other things do. Um, but it does. If you're a Harley rider and you're kind of bored with the Harley scene and the bagger scene and you want to kind of get into that adventure thing and maybe have the opportunity to get off road a little bit. I think it's meant for that. You know, you look at the price point and and, I, and it looked like I mean, it looked like to me if I dropped it all day long, it would probably take a little bit of a beating. It didn't look super burly to me like like some of the other bikes do. And it's a little more pricey, but I think it's a super capable off-road right. bike, right? I mean, none of us have really taken it off-road, so to speak, so it's really hard. Until you do a hill climb on a dirt bike, you really don't know what it's going to do. But but it's a great-looking bike, and I'm glad Harley's doing it. I think it'll bring more people into ADV riding. So, Carl, have you had a chance to ride it yet? No, I haven't. You know, I guess the junket was just, what, last month or something mm-hmm. like right. that. Uh, and uh, and uh, we haven't had a, a sample of it out here yet. So, it, so we, uh, we hope to see one out here. Directly in the mid-Atlantic it's, soon. If I can give you a kind of a yardstick, Carl, mm. it feels like a very, very lively Super 10. That's what it, it, That's what it felt like to me. Because it's a big old thing. There's no getting away from it. Um, yeah. 
but it carries its weight very much like a Super 10. So it carries it a, a little bit low feeling. You know, yes, I actually love it, the Super 10. Yes, it, it's it, a fantastic bike. I, I hate to say it, actually, in this company, but I, I prefer <laughs> it to the Africa Twin. <laughs> I really do. Um, you always yeah, it's have. more cruiser-ish. Well, it, you know, like it has a cr- more... Like, like it has a lower slung stance uh, and the torque on that thing and, you know, just the overall kind of like reliability of it. But it's a freight train off-road. Right. Is, you know what I mean? Like, And that's kind of the Pan America. To me, it felt very yeah. much like a Super 10, but with a lot more power. And not wow. a small amount of power, a lot more power. Mm. I mean, How does the weight compare between the two? I think know? it might be a little lighter. Um, I felt wow. a little wow, more agile. Nice. So, hey, I got, yeah, that would be nice. I got a question for you. Um what what do you think is the state of ADV riding in twenty twenty one right now? Uh, considering the uh, lack of supply and, and aside aside from that, I guess um, in the last would say like five to ten years, would you say is is does the scene growing a little bit more or is more attention to it? I mean, I do notice that there's you know, more selection of motorcycles to choose from to do ADV stuff. Um, is that directed at me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm just checking when there's a conversation. I want to be yeah. sure someone is addressing me first. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you go back five, 10 years, right. The, the, the stages that it was in was very different. Right. Yeah. So, in, so in 2010, when I took over as publisher, uh, you know, for ADV Moto, uh, I mean, there was, there was really almost no representation of it in motorcycle media at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the folks were out there uh, still, you know, of course, doing this, you know, like on BMWs, and that's fantastic. I mean, uh, they always kind of carried that torch, and it's wonderful. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But uh, you know, around here, like after 1992 or something, I mean, we just we just lost a lot of the cool bikes, right? And you know, like we kept like the DR650s, the KLRs, and everything like that, which is cool. And you know, we've all been living off of those for, for yeah. a while. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. You're, pre- you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Um, but uh, but yeah. So then, uh, you know, about ten years ago, you know, I mean, no one even wanted to buy the domain adventuremotorcycle.com. That wasn't even interesting enough mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. in wow. the, you know in the mainstream motorcycle media. That's that's how. Uh, basically undercovered and I felt underappreciated. It was because adventure riders, some of them that I've met and, you know, had the great fortune to meet. Uh, some of them have had near mythological experiences on motorcycles. And I'm like, there's no way this is not interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's you know? a couple of things that I really have become to appreciate about adventure motorcycles. And I think that there may be a misunderstanding that people don't get in adventure riding because <coughs> they think it means you're going to go on dirt and mm-hmm. what I've learned, especially last week when I took Enzo out on that ride, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go dirt riding, but I was riding with a kid on the back, and I said, let's go get lost. Let's have an adventure. Yeah. Let's just pick a road and see what's at the end of it. And I knew I was on a bike that was capable of handling anything we may encounter. And he had so much fun on this adventure of getting lost. So I, I see the potential to keep growing as more and more people just discover not just the bikes and their abilities, but that kind of mindset, I think, and you know. I, th- I think ultimately, it, I mean, it taps into this sense of adventure, um, this really old-fashioned sense of daring do. I mean, we go back to the days of Che Guevara going around South America on this Norton, 
in the nineteen mm. forties, and you know it's 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 a it's it's a really old fashioned. It's a very daring thing. Didn't to even do. name for that, didn't that? Look yeah, like um, the powerful one, and I can't remember the spe- oh, yeah, what's the Spanish Poderoso. Yes, that was the name mm. of the bike. But it there's something very very old fashioned about it. It's just kind of this adventurous spirit that we all want to tap into. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I ride dirt bikes. I mean, it's, it's like we went to John, I went to Hollister Hills and SRV area. Uh, and we rode around, had a great time riding dirt bikes, but I love going to the Sierras at like 8,000 feet and riding in the mountains on fire roads that you've never been before. You know, that I think is a lot of the thrill and the technical stuff is thrilling in a different way. But I agree, it's the exploration and the big ADV bikes. And I'm curious to what Carl has in the garage and his thoughts. Yeah, that was my next right. question. But, um, but hey, well, it's kind of like, what, why is it so popular now? That's one curious thing. But yeah, the ADV bikes, they let you ride for a whole long way and then go camping. You know, we didn't went down to Carrizo well, Plain and that was like, anyway, yeah. But you know, um, Carl, I, I kind of come from the English perspective. And I, I remember back in the 80s. We had some fantastic bikes in Europe. I mean, we had the TDR 850s, the TDMs, the two strokes. Um, Crazy, man. Those yeah, are beautiful bikes. Exactly. The original Africa Twin, um, yeah. the original Tenere, which of course was based on the XT600 and the XT5s and the TTs. Yeah. And it all kind of went away. And the interest for those bikes all came out of Paris Dakar. Mm hmm. All yep. came out of the Paris-Dakar race in the 70s. Yep. And you were absolutely right. Even in Europe, the kind of interest kind of waned in the 1990s. And I don't mm. know how much you credit with Ewan and Charlie kind of bringing this interest back. Oh, there's no doubt they play, uh, you know, a very important part of, of making it, you know, part of the public scene. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and mainstream, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, there are, there are there are a lot of pros to it, and you know there are also, and I've met some along the way, uh, people that got themselves in over their heads, right? Exactly, of, you I know, mean, because of an idea, um, which which you know, like whenever anybody wants to go out and make it happen, I mean, I, I admire that spirit, um, you know, but uh, but uh, yeah, that, I, I you, get you know, it. But that was a production, yeah. right? And what most of us experience are not productions like that, right? Right. So, uh, I mean, if you're going to be honest about the experience, you know, uh, you know what I would love to see is I would love to see them, uh, you know, both you and Charlie do one, but without a team. Right. I think that the, <laughs> that, yeah. that the message and everything, you know, where they're filming themselves, you know, I mean, like, you know, that way you don't have to carry a crew. You don't draw I, the attention. Like naked and I want to see them take the route yeah. Elsbeth beard. To I was going to say, oh, yeah. Down to Elspeth Beard. And you have to run over at least one meal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get injured in the process. No, 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 no. You don't want to tear a cylinder off your BMW and be in bed for a month. But, hey, but you need to family. run over a meal. Um, I got a question. I got a couple questions for you, Carl. So you're you're the guy. When it comes to ADV, you're the guy. It says so on your hat, right? So yeah, what is in I'm your what is in your garage? Oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, nothing too too wild. I mean, I've got a T7, uh, I've got okay. a Himalayan 400, and a WR250R. Oh, you want to sell it? Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you, uh, live? you know, I'll, I'll see you. Yeah, you know, um, you know, this sort of t- touches back on a couple of other things that that were you know discussed tonight, which was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, old bike, new bike, you know, like whatever it is, uh, you know, it no matter what era it was, what's always been important was the people that ride, right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's marvelous that we have, uh, you know, some of the technology and the bikes that we have today. I mean, the T7 has hit, has hit such a sweet spot uh, because Yamaha recognized that with the racing experience and listening to the market, people just want a consumer level rally bike, like right. a midsize, you know, like a consumer level rally bike. And that's, and that's what they delivered. And now, you know, we're all waiting for more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, um, in fact, because you're the guy who knows everything about adventure riding. It says it on his hat, by the way. It says it on your hat. <laughs> yeah. oh I wanted to ask you, and especially also everyone here in the room, because with bikes like the T7, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of bikes that are entering the market and also the Pan America that are trying to fit a little bit different niche. Right. I want to know from you, Carl, what niche hasn't been filled? What adventure bike needs to be mm. built that doesn't exist that's yet? That's a good question. Oh, oh, sure, yeah. That's a that's that's a pretty clear to me at this point in time, which is a 450cc mm-hmm. street legal multi-cylinder rally bike. The car. Emma, I know what yeah. she's going to say. <laughs> Carl. I know what you're going to say. I have had this discussion <laughs> for years, and if I was going to build an adventure bike... I would buy Jim's Rally Raid Honda 250. Wait, mm-hmm. can I guess the engine? Throw the engine away <laughs> and put a Ninja 500 ah. Kawasaki twin in it. But the yeah, twin, the CB500 motor is not bad either. Right, well, and that's very, very similar, yeah. but I was doing this on a budget, and mm. twin-cylinder 500cc liquid-cooled, mm-hmm. 60 horsepower, in a lightweight chassis. It's got to be the best adventure bike in the uh, world, hasn't I'd, it? It would be awesome. You know, I mean... Still might be healthier to keep it the back roads, but that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that, like as far as touring goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, we all want to keep that weight for under under 400 pounds. I mean, that's that's a real killer, right? So yeah. for like a mid-sized bike, you know, so actually we uh, had an artist do some concept art. It was basically like a DRZ 400. Everything from the, from the tank back was stock, but we just had them reimagine a rally-like front end for it, which, you know, could be molded and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it looks sick. Actually, bikes with the DRZ don't need much. They just need that front end to be fixed up in a sixth gear and fuel injection. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I mean, could you imagine if the DRZ 400 had a factory rally, you know, kit with a six-speed, maybe from from a 400 to a 450? I mean, it's still a thumper, but even still, we all know the torque on that. You right. know what? And, those, those right? little- and, then, and then for like 7,500 bucks. I just want you to know you're crushing Matt right now who has a DRZ 400 and loves it dearly. It's the best bike of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's what I'll say. They are totally cool bikes, but they can be developed. Even, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? They're primitive. Even a little yeah. fairing, a little windscreen on a bike makes a huge difference. When we were in South Dakota in the Black Hills, I had to slab it from whatever state's next to it. I had to get gas mm-hmm. back up in. Those sirens are not behind you. Who's got warrants? <laughs> Knock oh. again. Look <laughs> <laughs> at me. Look here, oh. come on. You, yeah. have to, you have to be careful Quick, with the fairings, though. <laughs> like, I, I actually Throwing put, the a, window. I put a windscreen on my DRZ, and it actually made everything worse because of the, the laminar sort of the oh, smooth airflow. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to get it from the factory because on my, on my 250, I've got that little windscreen. I was going from wherever I was getting gas, again, like about an hour and a half, a lot of it on the freeway, I got caught in the rain, but when you can tuck behind that little windscreen, and it, and I don't have any problem. If you problem, tuck, it's good. And uh, and I could do like seventy, but that little windscreen makes a huge difference. So I think what Carl's saying, you know, is a I I have a the, dual sport bike. I have the perfect bike. Oh no, it's a stretch booster with knobbies. <laughs> yeah. Stretch booster with knobbies. Coast. And a windscreen. 
Yeah. All right, I got another question for Carl because he is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see. And it says I, that I, on my hat. I think it's, <laughs> we, we've been for those listening. I've got a giant the guy embroidered across the top of my hat. It's real day. It's day. We've been kind of compiling this amongst ourselves, but I want to see from you what would be the top three adventure bikes that are most suitable for a short rider? Because this is something that is hard, and I know I've met people who didn't think that they can even get into this segment because the bikes are so tall. So what to you are three bikes that you would say, if you are short stature, you should check out? Well, anywhere from TW200 to Himalayan and XT250. Mm. Right. I mean, if you want to stay, you know, more. What about the CB500? Is that not short? More off road. Uh, CB500. Actually, I don't think is that is that uh, is that short. I don't think they are. Hmm. It's not, and you have to put the rally raid kit on it. And that'll lift it up another inch or so. Yeah. So like that. And just to to let you know, I think because you know we're talking about what's the niche that needs to be filled. For me, what I've seen, and especially with Stumpy John, who's here. that I've learned that there's a, a whole lot of people who want to get into it, but finding a bike that uh, for short stature people that they can ride. And what we have discovered, what John discovered, mm. is that the Tiger 800. Yeah, it fits perfect. Is mm. it actually, I know a few people, we know somebody s- shorter than John who rides one, is a great bike. And um, you can go lower than mine, too. So mine's you know about the ones with the 1917? Yes. Wheels, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Those are cool bikes. But that's something you may want to cover uh, in your in your magazine or in your podcast because that's the thing. I was when I look at new bikes that are coming out, I'm now more aware of the height. For me, also, I was never aware of height because I'm a tall person until I got the Africa Twin, which is a friggin' beast, and I'm intimidated. It's a big bitch pushing it out of my garage and I realized, oh, this is that mm-hmm. that fear factor that everyone deals with when you have a bike that's big, right? Like my biggest fear is walking it out of the garage. Not riding it, walking yeah. it out of the garage. Mine's, moving Mine's it a kickstand. Yeah, the kickstand. How do you like kills the T seven then? You know, like if I could ask, how do you like the T seven? Did you get to sit on it, no, John? I didn't sit since on it was out there? I had a bad experience last time I sat on a tall bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for me, I'm for me the uh, Carl. Just you know, I have the, the Africa Twin DCT uh, Adventure mm. Sport, and then I have the 690 Enduro KTM, and yeah, then a couple bikes. a couple KLRs. Um, I love the 690 to pieces, but it is very tall. It's not heavy. But it's very tall, and if you you know don't have the the legs, it's yeah, you rule it out. But I have seen people ride DRZ four hundreds that were shortened. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know what's interesting too is it's not only the the height; it's also the width of the bike too. Right. Because for example, mm-hmm. I sat on the KLX three hundred. I rode it. It was Jocelyn's, mm-hmm. or she had it for on loan. Yeah. And I was fine with that because it's so narrow, I could still get to the ground. But when right. it, when it got to kind of go out and down, mm-mm. KLXs have lower seat height than the. It was, thir- it was 35.1. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Never mind. I'll tell you, hey. the bike that I want to be good is that the California Scooter Company, that little, I think it's a 250 adventure Oh, the bike. RX3? Yeah, the, yeah, 300. Yeah, it looks like a little GS. I mm-hmm. want yeah. that to be the bike that short people can ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just find yeah, somebody uh, to work on it, though. Do you have much experience with those, the CSCs? I've actually spent a a few minutes on them and i also am somewhat familiar with 
with the factory where they come from, um, you know, uh, and, and, and there are cool bikes. I mean, you know, being an, being an importer of a quote unquote off brand is really, uh, kind of like a Mount Everest to climb in mm-hmm. this country. And it's, you know, I'm really amazed and very happy at how far, you know, like they've made it. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. And I think they even have a larger bike now, you know, uh, you know, being offered. I haven't, I haven't checked on that recently, but. But for me, I think like almost like a seven, eight scale full adventure bike, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the panniers and everything. Yeah. Well, there is the 310, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Can not as small as one, you would think. One cylinder. While we mm. while we're talking about oddities, Carl, can we chat about the Himalayan? Oh, because yeah. I, love I love the to. Himalayan. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, absolutely. Is it really an adventure bike? Yes. Convince me. No, it oh, is. No. It's oh, in no. every inch because if you <laughs> still distill it down to adventure bikes being about adventure and tales of daring do that you can bore your grandchildren with, <laughs> the Himalayan is a perfect platform. I think they're quite charming. I think it may be one of the most charming adventure bikes out there. It's certainly not fast, but there's something That's about it. Yeah. Uh, first off, there's nothing like it out there. Right. You can't mm. say it's it's any kind of imitation of anything. And that's, that's true. one thing I like about it, which is, uh, you know, like straight up, I pull up to a gas station next to a Ducati. People want to talk about the Himalayan. Right. And because the, it's, you know what I mean? And it's the, quirky looking. And the cockpit belongs in a World War One fighter plane. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it has it has the, the cockpit from a Sopwith Camel. I mean, it's that's fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> and what's the retail on those? Was it like 6,500? No, the newer ones are 49 or 49. five. Yeah. five. Oh, okay. Royal Enfield down. practically paid to ride nine. them. 44 yeah. Have you seen these before, Paul? Not really. The no. Royal Enfield Himalayan? Yeah. There the was Himalayan. a lot actually, of suspicion when it came out. Yeah, like, you know, we actually just, just had a guy come to uh, our event uh, last, man, was it last weekend? Um, uh, and he rode to basically central Virginia from Delaware in one day on his new Himalayan. He's only been riding for like nine months. Mm-hmm. And he had these like crazy Navi tires on there and it was raining and stuff. We're like, just take it easy. He's happy. I was about to say, there's a countdown on your camera that just went yeah. off. <laughs> I know, that's all right. It'll come back on. <laughs> It'll come back There on. you go. There, there, there we go. But um, yeah, uh, you know, so th- they are capable of doing all kinds of crazy things. They don't, they don't they don't fit a stereotype because it's right. kind of cruisery, kind of dual sporty. Yeah. It's uh I mean it it is a funky bike. You have to kind of like it for what it is. Um but uh But I know, don't think there's actually some rigid parameters of what an adventure bike should be. It's not mm. like you you say an adventure bike has to have a twenty one inch front wheel. Yeah, an it can adventure, be a scooter. It can be anything it's a very very broad term and i think the himalayan work uh, fits it i work on a few at the shop and i'm always tickled by how well they're made i mean it's this i have an argument for the the money the whole deal with adventure writing is is, amazing yeah i think the whole deal with adventure writing is their attitude yes no i have an argument for that emma and there is something that i think any adventure bike needs to be able to do. It and is. I was fortunate that when I was at AMA Vintage Days, yes. and I'm like, hey, is that your Himalayan? I've wanted to check one out. And yes. he's like, go ahead. And I got to find out, the thing for me it does not do, is when you ride 
any adventure bike, yes. oftentimes the best riding position is standing up. Standing up. Yes. Mm. And when you're standing up, what are you gripping the bike with? The tank. Right. Carl, can you grip the tank with your knees when standing up on the Himalayan? Uh, not, not with the upper part of my knees. No. Yeah, and right, here's right, the right. thing that I discovered. It was weird. It has side covers that kind of bow out. Oh, so when your foot is on yeah. the peg, the side cover is hitting you in the lower leg on the side, and you cannot bring your knees in and grip the tank. And I thought that was very strange because to me, the proper riding position is grip with the tank and get yourself set. Yeah, I'm and I didn't understand right why an adventure bike you could not ride standing up. That was oh. the only thing to me. Oh, you know what? Uh, the Corbin saddle basically solved that. Ah, and and the reason why is because the uh, the uh, Corbin saddle. Uh, really scoops out further, like a lot further to the rear, and then it pans it out. So, mm. like with our project Himalayan, um, we've got a hyper pro rear shock on it. Uh, we redid the springs, like the heavier front springs, uh, and we got the Corbin saddle on there. It's even got a steering dampener on it. And off road, uh, it's more fun than you might think off road. You know, hitting gravel stuff. You know, like I don't try to pretend like this is a bike that you're going to take. You know, like on heavy single track or anything like that. Like it's not meant for that. Well, right? I think it's what 20, 23, 24 horsepower. It's not much. <laughs> yeah, it's got it. a good amount of torque, but there's not much horsepower there. How heavy is it? It's like four hundred four hundred fifteen or twenty pounds Ooh, or something like that. Yeah, and it's not light, but but it is Beat. low. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but it's all torque. I mean, you've got that under square motor right. just kind of flopping the cylinder all over the place. And it's just like, <laughs> flop, 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 flop. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, super high output, you know, flames shooting out the back. I mean, this is, you know, you've you're riding a motorcycle tractor. You're kind yeah. of feeling <laughs> my correct in thinking. It's kind of it a, it's cool. I love it. It's kind of a batteries included bike, right? Yes. Like it has the bars and everything. No, yeah, you can ride it out the box. That's that is worth something. And it's in my opinion. it's the perfect motorcycle to include a tweed riding suit mm, yes. <laughs> and a nice deerstalker hat. Are you telling me it would work nicely boots, for my laboratory? And boots that come up to your knees and you can smoke a pipe when mm. you're riding it. Oh, I say, hello. Mm. Does, does what do you want to offer to a DGR bike? For yes. forty four ninety nine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. let's buy two. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. I have another question for Carl because he's the guy. Mm -hmm. It says so on his hat, darling. I think, I think he can... <laughs> answer some of these burning questions we've had about which is the best bike i'm not sure so i'm, I'm not Liza, Liza, we're gonna start this again i'm not sure i'm not sure whether carl can put out the burning in you darling i'm really not sure carl, i'm gonna, not sure whether carl wants i'm gonna to. list two bikes and you tell me which is the better oh. between them this wait, wait, wait. Better or Be most Look, like this guy knows. He knows everything about it. <laughs> we talk about better this or groundbreaking. <laughs> See, this is where you get us in trouble. This is according to Carl, which bike is better. <laughs> it smells like a setup, okay? guys. I don't know. All right. We're gonna start we're gonna start with you gotta take your hat off if you get this. We're gonna this start with an easy one. All right. KLR six fifty versus the DR six fifty. Which is the better bike? Oh, were you trying to kill me? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's about to alienate half his listeners. I so don't think dirt that's a fair or road or a ball. KLR 650 versus DR650. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a DR650 for, for a while. Okay. Um, I have spent a little bit of time on the KLRs, not so much in the first gen, but on the 2008 and after. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I would 
probably go for general use, mm-hmm. I would probably go KLM. Yes. Ooh. Okay. okay. Did you hear well, that? I like the wow. both, you know, and, and they both have their place, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, but as far as like a bike where it's just like anyone coming from a street background or anything would kind of get on, it's like, well, it's got, you know, like a fairing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as far as a gateway bike into adventure travel, probably more so okay. from an adventure perspective okay so yeah, and, and i will now i'll just give I'll, I'll you buy that for sure uh okay I'm so um let's say the scenario is uh you're gonna go do a weekend in the desert with some friends and you got to pick up a bike uh is it going to be a drz 400 or a 690 enduro Ooh. well i mean they're they're both about the same mm-hmm. weight wise mm-hmm. um and i've picked up both bikes um, and I'd probably just say the 690. That is the correct answer. Thank you. <laughs> but if you want to get home, which one would you take? Yeah. <laughs> uh, DRZ, that would be no comment. Okay, let's say, uh, <laughs> uh let's say you're gonna oh, do uh, a BDR ride, say, uh, Northeast BDR, right? And you got a couple bikes to choose from. Um, it's gonna either be the F700 GS or 107. 800 GS? The, they had a 700 GS. Mm. Or the 10.7? Yeah. Or T7. T7? Yeah, T7, the 10.7. So F700 oh, GS. The T7. The T7? Oh, I do the T7, yeah. Okay, yeah. that was correct. Yes. Okay, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you just had. And that's correct. <laughs> because you are the queen of everything. <laughs> right? She is our benevolent dictator. Survey says. <laughs> okay, last one. You are going to go uh, do the same ride that Charlie and Ewan did from Scotland down to the tip of uh, South Africa. All right? And you can either take a GS1250 or a brand new Africa Twin. Brand new Africa Twin. That was correct as well. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's like he's got his own ADV magazine. Or something. I think yeah, they're both cool bikes, uh, but uh, I would probably actually just like to you know see what it's like to be more, to spend more time on the AT traveling. You know? And the thing I took from it, Carl, in every case, you chose the substantially younger bike. And it just shows how these bikes are being developed. In every single example, it was the substantially younger platform. And you go, wait, 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 wait a minute. The 1250 is actually younger than the Africa Twin. But it's. Yeah, it's right around this. But, you know, it's developed from. You know, it's, it's. The Africa Twin was basically a brand new platform when it came out. It was like yeah, nothing but, else. Yeah, but the AT is not really new anymore i mean right. how long has it been around it's been around five five years or something yeah. right yeah, i think so okay i got that. one more for you and this one is a little bit harder <clears throat> you were going to go do an adventure across romania <laughs> but you're very limited on what bike you can you can get there your choice is either a, a, an old ct 110 oh god or a brand new monkey bike Ooh. We're talking actual, like real genuine or knockoff? No, a real one. Honda, Honda factory? Yeah, a monkey bike or, <laughs> an, or a CT110. Like. You, you, you have to specify if it's a real one or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, see, this is a hard one. I mean, 
for you, travel for someone my yeah. my size, I I I'd probably say CT one ten. That was I also would, correct. Yeah. Sounds way more comfortable. Good job. Good job. Hey, round of applause Sounds for way Carl. more comfortable. Rocket. <laughs> I love CT, uh, dude. You know totally. what I've That's always do wanted to do is the, one of the posty bike challenges. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm, you guys know about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know what a posty bike is? Have you heard that? So in Australia, they use these CT-110s to deliver the mail. Mm-hmm. And they have a posty bike challenge, like a, a rally, where you have to buy an old retired postal bike and then do this like long arduous rally on them and and it's like this really cool event that they have I yeah i think we should do something it. like that around here yeah oh yeah i'm in let's do it <laughs> <laughs> where we're we gonna get yeah. posty bikes though run no run with your brung no just yeah. be a small bore let's do it you know you know like rally like you know like a limit 125 or like a limit 150 we or could something play hide like the that. weasel while we do that too do no. we get to have pie at some point? Is there pie involved? Oh my gosh! Punch and pie. Yes, I mean, punch and pie. Oh, so yes, yes, yes. Punch so, and pie. That's how you know it's deluxe. That's a la mode. <laughs> Carl, Carl, give us a, a mode. give us a hot tip. What are some um, some uh, Emma? Are you watching videos right now? I might be. Jesus, uh, Carl. What are some articles that are going to be coming out in your magazine that somebody might be interested in getting a subscription if they haven't? I just subscribe. By the way. Oh, good. Oh, thanks very much. Um, the support is always appreciated. Well, uh, you know, this year was was a crazy amount of bike releases. I think that what happened is, you know, uh, you know, like last year, there was, um, uh, you know, a real jam on events and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the models, I think at least as far as the press junkets go, right, they were uh, put off. So, you know, we have a bunch of really cool new bike releases coming up, um, including uh, our bike reviews coming up. Uh, you know, we had the KLX uh, 300, right? Mm-hmm. That got redone. Yeah, and then cool. the Super Motard, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of one of our usual cronies, Jocelyn Snow, went to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she had a great time there. Um, and then uh, our web editor, Alex Marsh, just got back from the CRF 300 in the rally. Um, and then they've got the Tiger 850 yep. um, uh, version. That one's coming up too. Uh, Africa Twin DCT. That's right. Uh, we, yeah, we have a, a version coming out of that. And my personal favorite, uh, the ADV 150 scooter by Honda. Oh, which is mad. That was actually my next question. Well, it was Bagel's question. Once Bagel wants to know why aren't there more adventure scooters? So, yes. for reals. Bring them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Yo, Yamaha I, just redid theirs. Dude. Um, I'm, I'm going to look this thing up now. I'm not looking at videos, Liza. Okay. I'm looking at No, I research. saw, John, when we ran into the dealership, we saw an adventure scooter in there in San Jose. Wasn't that with you? That was with me. That was with you? Yeah. It looked rad. It's a cool looking scooter. That's yeah. right. So what is, what is this it? one that's coming out? It was, it was the, a Honda, right? Yeah, it was a Honda, the, the, the ADVX one, I think. Uh, yeah. Can you stand up when you- Oh, do they thing? even have those here? I didn't know um, they had those large, Jesus. I mean, like All the right. large. Oh, that thing looks large wicked. Well, this is the 150, wasn't it? That's yeah, made it's for, just the 150. There's no X here, man. Yeah, I'm talking about the cool. 150. That's made for AMA vintage days. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, dude. So, Scooters and stuff are awesome. I could see AMA Bagel and his Jesus hair on this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people do like rally cross on, on scooters. So I'm just, why aren't, yeah. aren't they making them? Um, it looks like a good idea. 
Yeah, uh, you know, and I think Zo- uh, Yamaha just updated their Zuma <gasps> too, as well. Zuma would be fun. Yeah, I don't really like what they did with, they, the, with the headlights, but uh, but the rest of it has some cool technology in it. You know, it's nice. The choice of pizza delivery boys in England for years, <laughs> the Yamaha Zuma, is oh, the really? dream bike. Oh, yeah. yeah what a workhorse. A, there was thousand Zumas with giant pizza boxes on the back delivering hot pizza. In, from the 90s over there. Um, so ADV 150, it's an interesting looking thing. It looks like an Africa twin that has been trodden on <laughs> by a very large man. Sat on by a troll. <laughs> yes, it's been sat it's on awesome. by a troll. It's um, no, it's a, it's a it's a great looking thing. I was let's have a look at these tires. Um, I'm not sure about the tires for off road. Re- it had some knobblies on it, didn't it, Knock? No, I think this, we we're looking at something else. Oh. It wasn't that actually. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. I actually did take this thing off road. I even took it across a local stream just to uh, just to kind of <laughs> just to kind of have fun with it. Did you stay uh, on ev- it? evading the police? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah evading you know, the Bow Street runners. Yeah, you know it's straight up like Duke boys. You know, like Dukes of Hazard around here. You know, I'm yeah. right. legs, <laughs> banjos rolling in the background, frustrated. Police guy's going beating his hat. You know? <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, when you drive like that on those roads, how do you keep the mason jars of alcohol from breaking in the trunk? <laughs> you don't. It just drains into the gas tank. Oh. Perfect. So, Perfect. Do you know Matt Harris by chance? <laughs> so, a- according to my sources, there is also a 745cc version. Yeah, I saw that. Mm. Too. Call the what? X. Call the XADV. Yeah, that mm. thing is crazy. Uh, we don't have that here, but the thing is crazy. We have a photo, I think, on our Instagram feed. Someone was straight up racing that thing, and they're like full on launched in the air. Wow. Feet, yeah, wheels totally. You know, the legs are totally stretched on that thing, and he's rocking that thing through the air. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. You know, but I found in general that the Europeans, especially, but really everywhere else in the world, um, you know, uh, there's much more appreciation for the diversity of two wheeled you know vehicles including scooters yeah and stuff yeah. you know uh i mean you know uh i'd probably say like 20 20 years ago 10 to like 20 years ago you know uh i i felt like there was a a bias against small displacement mm-hmm. in the riding culture you know what i mean uh, yeah. it's not that right. I, you know and, and it's not that i don't you know like or appreciate large displacement i mean i toured around north america on a band of 1200 uh, you know, oh, which was no. Emma, yeah, you what? just got Emma's heart. Yeah, no, oh, I mean, really? ba- no, mm-hmm. bandits are just mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, boy, go. I mean, because they're anything you want them to be. Exactly. Yeah. For the most part, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, but, a, I'm, uh, I'm actually riding your bike's grandpa. I, r- I ride an RF 900, which oh, is sick, cool, man. which is basically a you know a bandit with a short stroke kit on it with a full fairing. I mean, but style yeah. like nothing else. But you know that Suzuki technology is just fantastic. Yeah, um, fantastic motors. But yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, Europe never got away from small displacement. Never got away from the love affair with small displacement. I mean, let's go back to the TDR two fifty. That was a legit bike. It was two fifty. But any person in this room would would be like oh yeah i want to ride that thing yeah right yeah. now um but yeah america's had this love affair with large displacement bikes for a long long time <coughs> and it was hard to sell the small displacement stuff 
I feel that's changing now. I think, I think it, no, it is sure. changing. Yeah. Now, yeah, for now. sure it's changing. 100, 110% changing, even but in the past 10 years. Yeah. Historically, you yeah, you go back 10 years, it's a completely different I ball think game. Part, part of it is culturally people are aware that, you know, it's, like you said, it's easier to learn on a smaller displacement a bike that won't get away from you. Right. And no. uh, and and people are smart oh, to that d- nowadays. TDR two fifty will kill you. Well, yeah. In a <laughs> but heartbeat, I mean, it will kill you. Let's. Uh, there's a conflation between, I guess, like cylinder size versus you know horsepower. I mean, right. There's yeah. So. So, Carl, I have another question for you. I want to get your opinion. Is it this is a cool or not cool? Is all you have to say. In a, a high pr- pressure show. In a pr- <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to give a word. Yeah. So for, for the record, Carl, I don't actually approve of what Liza's doing to you. I think I feel that putting our guests under so much pressure, and I will be having quite a stiff talk with her when the show is over. Let me tell you, it's okay. It's well, okay. well no, that's okay. Recently, shoot no, him at me. Shoot him at me. We appreciate cool. you, Carl, cool. even though she is putting you <laughs> under pressure. So I just want you to know that, darling. I'm just messing around, uh, but yes, I do appreciate. No, your thoughts I'm, I'm so, going to have very a much. very stiff talk with her. Later. I want to know because okay. this is a okay. trend that I do right. appreciate. I want to see if you think cool or not cool. Uh, inappropriate dirt bikes. These are street <laughs> bikes that have knobbies on them. Gold wings? It could be a gold wing. It could be Harley. It could be an R1. It could, inappropriate dirt bikes. What do you think? I think, do you approve? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't really care as long as someone gets out there and does cool stuff with it. That's not irresponsible. I'm know? sorry. And that the- is the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong answer is they're cool as heck, man. I yeah, think they're it's totally crazy. cool, man. I think it's so much yeah. fun. I think I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm all in. Nobby's on anything. I'm in. Liza, did you see that guy who like toured through? I think Turkmenistan or Uzbekistan and like Central Asia on a, I think a Chixer 600 with Nobby's in like you know <laughs> yeah. the wow. world's tallest mountains or whatever. The, the only thing I don't think should have Nobby's is a stretched busa. Mm-hmm. That's no. That's where I draw the line. What the hell is wrong with you, Liza? What the hell is what it, the hell is wrong with putting knobbies on a stretch boosa? You could do like a tractor pull with and you, a stretch boosa. And you, you know you climb with it. Yeah. You could set the neon. You could set the underneath neon to blue. The Tron lights. <laughs> yeah, the Tron lights to blue. Yeah, Tron lights on your boosa, man. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, just have a big old sand paddle on the back on the stretch swing arm. <laughs> that It'd could be, be awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, we saw a Ninja 250 doing a stream crossing yes. up in Mendocino. Awesome! That was right there. That was on the sheet iron. That was the cheat iron. That's right. And, and except, yeah. like, there was a dude on a Harley Sportster that was fully kitted out with yeah, knobbies that was and everything. Out. But the dude on the Ninja 250 stock. had stock tires. <laughs> oh God! And is doing wow. this 300 mile adventure rally, including stream crossings. Which awesome. I don't think he fared well because he couldn't get up out of the stream on the muddy bank. <laughs> well, do we? Well, he, I'm sure he did eventually. We just all passed him while he was having at it. But but then it Cindy, awesome. I remember Cindy Creech overshot. She gunned it in the creek and shot off to the side. Dude, she <laughs> flying. She I thought she was into fucking a gully. Dead, bro. Like, yeah, she missed the coming out of the stream and hit the stream. But bank. it just shows that she was on an appropriate dirt bike. He was on an inappropriate. Well, it's like Carl said. It doesn't matter what you're on as long as, as you're long adventuring. As you're it counts. It. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, you know. You know, and that guy will 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 probably learn. You know, I mean, a <laughs> if you look at it from our point of view, it's like, man, I don't know if I would do that. But you know what? 
We're still talking well, the, about him. It's been like yeah, six years. That's weird awesome. Stuff in our yeah. lives. I think Come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> on our wacky, I, it's the only stuff. story we talk about from that trip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I rode the I rode the Burr Trail on a GTS 250. So you can you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Yeah. yeah there you go. It's really about there the person. Go. It's really about the person. All know? right. I, I have another cool or not cool. Okay. What do you think about quads? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Your instincts Man. are correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a machine, they're cool. Yeah. They're <laughs> wrong. We will, wrong. We will accept that very diplomatic answer. But we know the truth. We may have to disconnect the, the connection. And quad people. Those are two different well, categories. There be a butt there. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, you know the quad sucks. community. You know. Uh, you know is different. All over the place, <laughs> um, you know. Um, you know, well, for example, uh, you know, like I was thumping around, you know, like the hills of the uh, of the Himalayas, uh, and there was there was a woman who was actually traveling uh, around Tibet by quad. She, mm. she was like a Chinese woman. She had all of her tent stuff, but she was actually traveling around by quad because out in the Himalayas, no one gave a crap what you were driving, as yeah. long as it had some kind of a plate on it. And I mean, you can play all kinds of stuff out there, uh, yeah. you know, and. Uh, and she was having some very good experiences out there. I'm so just curious. Do you think as she's traveling that she zigzags across the road back and forth? <laughs> that sure seems to be every quad to driver as I've many ever encountered. Motorcyclists as possible. Was she, that was she doing attention. donuts in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no. But, uh, um, yeah, well, I mean. Here's another. Here's another question. Again, it's the people. It's always about the people. <laughs> this isn't a cool or not cool, but again, just because we're going oh, back thanks. to because you're the guy. It's I think, a, it says I so on his hat, darling. I think you can in, you influence people. I'm curious, what kind of helmet do you oh, wear? Oh, that's a good mm. question. Oh, um, I've got to show you Neotech Two. Um, that you know, uh, that is kind of plugged in, and you know, I've got it all all linked up, and it's it's comfortable. There are some things I liked. More to be honest about the Neotech one, but the two, uh, you know, quieted up a little bit too. And I think that the build was, that, was a little bit better because Matt is, he wants a quiet helmet. That's right. I have delicate yeah. little ears. Well, you know, you know, the, the other thing too about helmets is is it it really has to depend on the rider's head shape, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, there might be some options for me that would absolutely not work for somebody else, and vice versa. So right. it's also the the know. bike fairing and the way the wind right. interacts with it but, all. Yeah, uh, showies you know. have always been quiet helmets, but not everybody's head, fit, head fits them. They always say, "Do you have a showy head or an RI head?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like head. the AGVs <laughs> and the European brands, the so Schuberths and stuff. Those are actually quite long, right? Know, long and narrow. And if I try to put one of those on, even though large, it might be the same measurement of circumference, but with the shape is different. I get this tremendous pressure on my temples mm. uh, uh you know because i just got a big old fat basketball head and that's just <laughs> that's just the way that goes yeah. but uh and then for dirt one of my favorite helmets is uh actually something that's not made anymore and i hope they bring it back what's the hjc arfa x mm -hmm. dirt helmet mm. which was a great value for oh hgc uh, actually i've always made great helmets yeah, that's yeah. what i got right now mm -hmm. yeah good oh, is it? what a great what a great value for an off-road helmet that i mean it's really light really well built um right. you know pretty good ventilation and stuff like that but they stopped making it like uh two or three years ago or something like that mm. i'm not sure why but to me that was actually one, one of the better values and i uh you know, straight up off-road helmet. Well, and I'm just curious, since you have a lot of experience with helmets, um, if you can recommend a helmet to not, because his head is shaped like a Pez can. 
It's uh, <laughs> oh excuse God. me. It's a it's a tilted back as candy head. I'm going like this. The Shrek one. Yeah. <laughs> Can you spit out candies too? Is that what? I think Liza just shot something out her nose. If you buy me dinner first. <laughs> uh. It's a rough crowd over here. Yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. You just got a room that I step into here. Yeah, I'm around, you know? Oh, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm just, this is all good, man. No, and, and actually, no, I wanted to thank you for coming on, having me on your show, and then uh, coming on here. I would love to have you on again, give you an open invite if you have a good topic. You want to come on a, and discuss because yeah, you can see we, cool. we have a lot of fun. Well, that'd be good because right. I actually had a question, but then you had to okay. you had to throw knock under the bus with the Pez comment. <laughs> Pez head. <laughs> uh, that usually that goes per interview. Downhill <laughs> <laughs> from there. What you got, Jim? Oh no, yeah, oh, yeah, please. Well, we were chatting about helmets, and uh, you know we all like gadgets and things, and you know make make bikes our own. And you guys do so many reviews, which is great. You're reviewing stuff all the time. And, uh, you know, for the, for the adventure bikers, like, you know, you're going out, what are some of maybe the must have additions you want for your bike? I don't know. It could be the little foot you put on a kickstand or luggage. What are some of the must haves and what are maybe some of the cool things out there that people may want to be aware of? You know, uh, probably the first thing that, that I would say, if you're, if you're really going to start, you know, doing off-roading or whatever, and this is true with the T7 also. Especially if you're a heavier or more aggressive rider, you, you paying attention, Paul. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Is straight up get the suspension sorted first. Yes. There yes. you go. There you yeah. go. You see that's that is good. that is by 100%. far the best the best bang for your buck. You know, I mean, you know, we got uh, a Leo Vinci full exhaust on there. Sounds great. Takes off a bunch of weight. Um, you know, uh, I mean, all that stuff is 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 cool, but fundamentally you. You need to make the bike a pl- you know as a platform, uh, you know as 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 usable as possible, and for sure for sure getting your shock and forks uh, sorted out is 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 number one. Uh, and then after that, I would probably say you know uh, you have to configure it for whatever type of riding you're going to do, and be honest about it. You know what I mean? Okay, here's a controversial one: um, hard luggage or soft? Ooh, soft. soft. <clears throat> yeah, you know the trend now is definitely soft. Um, and, the, and probably for good reason, you know, uh, one is, um, you know, the large, sorry, the, the hard luggage, uh, really makes a lot more sense on a larger bike that is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, used more, uh, uh, on the street, more for, for street and touring. Right. Um, because you do get some safety out of it. And actually, I mean, you can use them as, I mean, like, we, you know, all of us have probably used them as tables or chairs. Or something at some point in time, you know, mm-hmm. me sitting around a campfire or something, right? You know, what I mean, you for, know what I mean? For, like, for a long weekend when you forget your, yeah, I've done it. For, yeah, yeah, sure, you sure. Forget you your know, chair, um, like, shit. Yeah, you know, uh, but uh, but you know, I think this kind of goes back to the developing interest in medium and 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 lighter bikes in this country. They become less feasible, right, or practical on a, on on a smaller or on a lighter bike with less power in a smaller frame, right? So. <laughs> soft luggage picked up and what happened is is soft luggage uh has just evolved like crazy uh i mean it's fantastic there's so many really awesome soft luggage options out there right now for uh you know uh, doing some kind of like adventure travel there's i mean it's it's just uh fantastic what you could do with it and when you bang them up you don't 
you don't feel the pain in your wallet quite the same or, way. Or your yeah, leg yeah. when it breaks your leg. Yeah. 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 And, and Emma would tell you when lane splitting in California, you should have soft luggage, not hard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I got another one while we're on the topic of stuff. Um, sure. Navigation wise, you know, we spend a lot of time in the back country. Like what do you, any, any thoughts for what you use? Like when you're planning a trip, I know you got the BDR shirt going. Which is cool, but like when you're planning a trip, is there any um so I like I use like what is it Gaia G A I A, and I use some of that. Google Maps is great, but any cool navigation things you use, like either before a trip or while you're riding. Well, I mean, I started planning stuff in the old school way, which was you know, uh, which was a, a, a map, and then going into the satellites, you know, satellite maps, and then trying to see what the road looks like, yeah. you know, mm, at yeah. least kind of like locally. Um, you know, uh, out here, you have a, excuse me, um, you know, out here, uh, you have a much higher density of stuff than, than you would out, out West in terms of like population. Mm-hmm. So the chances of straight up getting lost out here, I mean, it, it, it can happen, but it's, but it's not, but it's not as likely as in say like Idaho, right. Right. Where you're following mountain roads, like along rivers and stuff and, and or going over passes. And then if a fork on the road takes you in the wrong direction, you're out of gas. Mm, or yeah. in Idaho, you might just <laughs> go down a road and end up on evil Knievel's ramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Or on that's Pike's right. Peak getting taken out by a marmot. We've no. seen it all. Yeah. You got to pay for good maps, though. There's just such thing as good free maps, in my experience. Yeah. Well, you know the best. Yeah. The best f- map but, is but free. It's no. It's the national forest, whatever the national uh, forest mm-hmm. map That's you pick true. up at the ranger station that you always get and you always take it with you. So, but it's kind of fun. There's so much cool stuff out there. Just it, and like uh, Carl was saying, things are evolving so quickly. It's yeah, always kind of neat to see what kind of navigational aids are out there. I mean, nothing beats the paper map from the ranger. But well, yeah, yeah. I want to start wrapping up with Carl. This is your last chance. Anyone in the room have a question? Because this is the guy when it comes to ADV. Yeah, where do I get a hat I, that I says I'm the guy? <laughs> I, I got that. Oh, that's on our swag store. Uh, of course. It's so, www.theguyhats.com. <laughs> uh, we've got them in all kinds of colors. Uh, we got them for Pez shape. I do have I have one question. Um, oh my God. When you're riding um, a two-stroke, what kind of sandwich do you have in your pocket? <laughs> ham, ham and cheese? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That is acceptable. If you said, if you'd said Good Miracle was, Whip, that's bonus I points. I just threw that against the wall to see if it would stick. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the two-stroke man lore. That's Jim's yeah. idols, two-stroke man who's always got a sandwich in his pocket. And, and a flannel shirt. go anywhere. Ham and cheese. And wearing cowboy um, boots. But, that's Carl odd. Darling, um... I'm going to yes. ask you a question that we ask all, I guess, but I'm going to oh, phrase it oh. a little differently. Put food out of your mind. Um, okay. If you, money, no object, desirability, rarity, no object, what motorcycle would you put in your garage? You have an unlimited budget. You can choose a motorcycle that was maybe a one-off or very short production. You could choose a motorcycle that wasn't even sold anywhere but a specific market. What would you choose? So, and Carl, I need to preface this to say, <clears throat> we have a, a phrase we refer to this bike, and I don't know. And I'm trying to navigate us away from this phrase. But I think However. when you use this phrase, it helps. We refer Liza to this helm. as the up-the-butt bike. It's a bike that you look hmm. at and you go, I'd take it up the butt for that. 
Like it can be historically significant. Oh, it could be a new, a new oh, bike. God. But when you I'm, I'm when you so, call it th- that, so, like so, everyone's I'm, like, oh, okay. So do you have an up the butt bike? I'm so sorry, Carl. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you and say, if I had access to unlimited time and resources, yes, mm-hmm. uh, I would straight up build my own. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what what power plant would it have? Probably a parallel twin, right? Uh, anywhere from a 500 to a 600, right? Um, maybe even slightly smaller, but I'd say like a parallel twin, 500 to 600, right? Um, uh, you know, and rally-ish style and like dimensions. Nice. Um, the, the only thing that I would do is I would offer an option for 1917. I was going to say, mm. would you go like 2117 with an option for 1917? Yeah, you know, uh, you guys were talking about having the 690. That was that was that was really tall. We did a 1917 690 Enduro good. and it was incredible fun. Yeah, and it was still right able ahead. to do you know yeah. off road stuff and all that kinds of stuff. But it settled down a lot in the pavement at high speed. It really you know really helped control those manners because you need a dampener. And you know right? that's the argument I hear from both Liza and Jim. Jim's more likely to admit it than Liza. But both of their Africa twins are absolutely terrifying on the freeway. Really <laughs> terrifying. No, that's not. Yeah. Liza's is is. Why? Mine's just boring. The With the knobbies. Mine's just boring. Yeah. Tires. yeah, they got yeah. knobbies, TKCs or whatever on there. But right. I, but the, I well, mean, the fact is, bikes bad. of that size and weight would do a lot better with 19s on the front. I think. I think those 21s aren't helping you on the freeway. Well, the weight. And the wheel flop on the large front wheel. I mean, yeah, maybe, but it's not something that you can't, you know, habituate yourself right. to, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't but, like doing over 80 on that bike. It just doesn't feel as secure because of those tires, I think. But yeah, I mean, I, I've done like 100, you know, sustained yeah. for long enough. It's just it's just not fun. You know, yeah, you do 100 on, a, on an inline thing. four and it's fun. Yeah. Right. On that one, it's Yeah, not- or on my 990 SMT. I, easy. Mm-hmm. Even my Versus 650. You know, very comfortable at 100. Liar, that doesn't Love go over 100 miles an hour. I'm just saying the Africa Twin, not as comfortable. Yeah, that's all. Well, Carl, I wanted to thank you again for coming on. And um, I wanted to give you all the opportunities to plug all the things. Where do you want to send people to find out more about you? Oh, well, uh, thanks very much. I mean, uh, you can always check out AdventureMotorcycle.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of stuff on there. And of course we have all, all the social stuff, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, um, and you know, all the usual places. Um, but, uh, you know, really, I just want to say thanks in a way, thanks to you for putting on the shows, everyone getting together. Uh, but also as a retrospective over the past 10 years, I've been reflecting a lot recently. Sorry. (laughs) But uh, but that's okay. We all, we all reach that point in life. Yeah, right on. Uh, that, uh, just buy uh, another motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Just uh just uh really want people to be happy. Uh you know, uh if if you know like if it's motorcycles, big ones, small ones, right, whatever. I mean, you know, I mean that's the, our poison of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But um uh you know, go out there and and be happy, you know. You, life is pretty damn short no matter how old you are. So, yeah. let's make the most out of it. I I sure. I would very much like to paraphrase it Ian Burden and the animals here and say, if you want to find the truth in life, don't let motorcycles pass you by. True. Yes. Here, here. There you Fantastic. go. Not, not the only pearls that you have. Pearls of wisdom are dropping. You better believe it. <laughs> and 
Carl, are you going to be attending any events this year that somebody might be able to come say hi? Yeah, um, we should be up at Dirt Days uh, up there, I believe, in New Hampshire this year. Okay. Um, you know, these events are still kind of kind of warming up, uh, and we're yeah. trying to see if we have it in, in, uh, enough time for everyone to be able to go to. Uh, also, uh, the AMA Vintage Days has opened up. Um, we're going are you going <laughs> yeah yeah we're shooting to make it um you know Yay. but we have to see see well, what can be arranged and then um and then uh i think those are the the, the next two coming you know and then you have some of the expos and stuff that happen every oh <clears throat> we are also going to sema this okay. year um, that'll be in november that's our second year at sema where, we where is it this year uh it's in las vegas and they've got a new <gasps> hall open Ooh. Ooh. So, that might be a road trip road trip Ooh. No, SEMA is crazy. Striking it's, distance. Uh, yeah, SEMA is 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 absolutely crazy, and it's uh yeah, uh, it's a good time. We're the first motorcycle media publication uh, to ever attend and support SEMA as well. So it's uh congratulations, it's, that's awesome. It, it's a lot of fun to be there, um, and you know we we really do care about the industry uh, because ultimately, especially in the ADV world, I mean the industry is people just yeah. like you and me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, uh, and so we, you know, trying to keep our minds open and, you know, like our feathers out for all things going on out there. It's important. Well, definitely look for us. A few of us are going to be there. Um, at, cool. Cool. Yeah. At uh, uh, <clears throat> AMA Vintage Days. Vintage Days. It's not locked in yet, but I'm pretty sure it's looking like there's going to be a Rev Sisters Film Festival playing there. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, so they that makes sense. They cool. couldn't really book a lot of speakers uh, because this year they really kind of got a late start. So I offered yeah. to fill all the time and and bring in movies. And I'm working on doing some pretty special things. Can't say who or what, but there's going to be some pretty cool stuff. But do you know the theme nice. at AMA Vintage Days this year? No. It's the 50th anniversary of On Any Sunday. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's right. yeah. I wasn't following that. Yeah, wow. And there's there's going to be some things, some some artifacts and people there. Um, I I can't say for sure because nothing has been confirmed, but I do know for a fact that somebody has recently identified all the kids riding the bicycles in the opening scene. Get out! Yes. No way. That's they should they bad. should have a dirt bike race. <laughs> It'll be a mix There's going to be race. some cool stuff. That's fun. There's going to be some cool stuff. So I'll definitely uh, look for you there. And we're going to be recording right a podcast with the Cleveland Moto guys while we're there. A live podcast. Oh, is that with Scott? Uh, uh, no, no. Um, Cleveland Moto, um, Phil and the gang. Okay. Yes. I was thinking about a different company. Yeah, no, this is another podcast. And these are kind of our. Our, our our brothers over there uh cool. they're crazy they're crazy like us but um i will look for you there thank you again for coming on you actually had all the right answers so you no, win. there was one i got wrong the quad <laughs> we're not forgiving you on the quad no it's not quad. the quads it was the you had a good story uh, was, though no no it's not what it was it was the street bikes with uh knobbies oh uh, yeah inappropriate uh, dirt yeah. bikes yeah that's right <laughs> uh, <laughs> well perhaps i'll do better next time the it's okay. always yes so just remember go to adventuremotorcycle.com and you can find his magazine there and you have it in print and digital versions right mm -hmm. yeah that's right that's yeah. right yeah so um Carl, thank you for being such an agreeable guest and putting up with Liza's appalling behavior. And um, <laughs> I hope you come on the show again. I, I would love to be back on. You guys are entirely awesome to talk with. And uh, and uh, it's 
a really cool community. No problem. Well, thanks for joining us. I'll, um, care, I'll send guys. you a link as soon as we get it done. Thank you. Ciao, Kyle. Bye. Appreciate it. All right. So what I tell you, he's the guy, right? He's and the it's, guy. It sets so on his head. It sets so on his head. <laughs> yes. No, wow. when it comes to adventure, Carl's a really cool oh, right. guy. He really researches everything. Yeah, that publication, they cover a lot mm-hmm. of ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at it online, um, but they're always reviewing stuff, going places, right. they're contributing, you know, editors, whatever you call them, contributing writers. It's a pretty cool group. So, yeah, check it out. Noki's making a lot of noise tonight. What's it? I, what's I, wrong? I don't know. I'm super fidgety, man. I got, you, I'm, I'm hungover. That's do you have ants in your pants, darling? <laughs> Maybe. Crimps. Okay, very good. Pear-shaped <laughs> <We>, head. <laughs> <laughs> That's hardly fair. We have so who's, many emails. Who, who's I am it, who's so far for? behind on them. But before we get to them, I wanted to check in with Bagel real quick. Bagel, yes. you have a, a scooter for sale that you wanted to talk about? Yes. I don't just have a scooter for sale. I have a, well, it's not just for sale. It's sold. Oh. Um, then never mind. Just, no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a, a scooter for sale. It's a story. Mm, and it's a story I'm going to call N minus one. So uh, this is about the 1964 VBB, uh, which which I bought last year off of a friend of mine, which I had been storing for this friend for 15 years. What? <laughs> it was it was a bike that he bought, you know, out of nostalgia for you know back in the day. He used to ride a Vespa, and he really you know had this. You know, saw that saw that I rode scooters, and he had this urge to to buy a vintage Vespa. So he found this one on Craigslist. And he decided he wanted to buy it, but he lived in San Francisco, didn't have a place to keep it, asked if he could keep it at my place and if maybe I could work on it and get it get it going for him. I was like, okay, sure, I'll see what I can do. And he's like, you know, no, no rush whenever you have the time. But, you know, as things go, I never really had the time, never really did much with it. Um, and over the years, he just kind of lost interest and and you know, in talking, he said, you know. Want you to sell it and and just you know give me back what I what I paid for it and you can keep the rest. I'm like, well, you know, how about I just buy it for you or buy it from you? And then I was like, and he said, sure. So I bought it from him because it's it's the same model bike that I rode in Pakistan, which I I really oh, had enjoyed riding. Okay, okay. So I thought it would be fun to have one myself and and tool around on that once in a while. So I just ended up buying it and you know I already had it you know in my garage anyway. So you know I figured what the hell. So um, so. Fast forward to Thursday night, I was on Facebook and saw an update that uh, was from a woman with the last name of the guy who sold the bike to my friend mm. 16 years ago. <laughs> and mm. and I, that intrigued me. And I said, okay, I got to look at this post. And I saw a picture of a young woman standing next to a white and red Vespa VBB. And the post read, I'm going way far out on a limb here. This is my first Vespa, an Allstate I rode in the King's Classic in 1997. My hubby, then boyfriend, bought it from me, and he sold it in the South Bay area, probably San Jose. Hmm. After, after 22 years together, I still wish I'd gotten first dibs on buying it back from him, but so it goes. I'm super interested in knowing if it still exists, hopefully being enjoyed and ridden. And hey, if it's a jumped out, junked out mess, I'll be happy to buy it from you. Well, I saw that post and instantly I knew it was the same bike. Oh, that's cool. So I wrote back to her and I said, <laughs> basically told her that you're in luck. I am the current owner of your old bike. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, 
basically it turned out that that she uh, she had met a, a member of the, the uh, Black Sheep Scooter Club way back in the day uh, mm. when she was riding her sister's Vespa or, or Honda Elite around. And uh, the, the uh, Black Sheep Scooter Club member said, you've got to get a vintage bike and just telling her all about them. And she, she was really interested and she wanted to get into the vintage scene. And she ended up buying this VBB from Barry at San Francisco Scooter Center. Uh, which needed a good bit of work, but she fixed it up and and uh, got had and had and uh, helped and Barry helped her get it running, and uh, she wrote it in uh, at the King's Classic Rally in 1997, uh, where she said she popped a wheelie, uh, which got cheers from the crowd <laughs> <laughs> at her yeah. first scooter rally, and uh, and she in the years after that she rode the bike everywhere, didn't even have a car, uh, and just kind of fell in love with this bike. Mm. Um, but until one day, she uh, saw this guy who was wrenching on this, uh, this, this sky blue Ford Falcon in his parents' house. Mm. And she got really interested. So one day, she decided to pop over there on the Vespa, and she said, hey, you want to trade? And he wasn't looking for a Vespa, and she wasn't really looking for a Falcon, but they traded anyway. <laughs> and uh, then they started dating. And... Um, <laughs> After a little while, she decided, well, I'm just going to give him the car back. And so she gave him the car back and she asked about the Vespa and he said, oh, well, the Vespa broke down and I sold it. Oh, so, but they were already pretty, you know, deep into, into things with one another. So she just let it go and, and they kept, you know, they, they stay together. And, um, the story she told me was that after, you know, they eventually got married, had two kids, um, and she continued writing, continued writing vintage scooters, but then she was diagnosed with MS, mm. and uh, it got bad enough where she wasn't even able to walk. So she ended up uh, selling her uh, Vespa Sprint that she had at the time, uh, and promised not to ride because you know she was having uh, having mm-hmm. so so much uh, so many health problems. Um, but now eight years later, uh, she's now on chemo, which has uh, done wonders to uh, alleviate her symptoms of, M- of MS. Interesting. And she says she feels like a champ, and she is back in the game hardcore now. Hell yeah! Um, so she that prompted her to po- post on Facebook and just out of curiosity to see if her old bike is out there. And I, when I saw that post, I just I knew okay. I got to sell the bike. It's got to go Aww. back to her. Hell yeah. So I, I wrote to her and we chatted and uh, I'm going to, uh, next time I get a chance to get down to the Bay area, I'm going to deliver the bike to her and uh, she will have her old baby back once again. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Wow. That's a great That's full story. circle, bro. That's what it's all about. Yep. Yeah. Good story. I, it's, it, it was, it was so, such, such a heartwarming story. I just had to share it. Well, um, we have time for just a couple emails, and these are catching up on some stuff. Emma, you have uh, a nice email. I do, Catching indeed. up on some advice we gave out. Yes. And how it fared. So, um, I have an email here from Kyle Heeson. And Kyle, hello again, Misfits. Hello. Just wanted to update you on the progress with my overheating FZ6. Mm. Right. After hearing your advice last week, I flushed the cooling system again. Took the whole thing apart, checked the water pump and all the hoses, and as far as I could reach into the engine, checked for blockages. Then I soaked the radiator with vinegar and distilled water, put it all back together and took it for a test ride. Engine temperature still slowly crept up beyond the normal operating range, but it did take quite a bit longer to get up that high, Hmm. leading me to believe that I maybe cleaned some of 
my radiator out with a vinegar bath, but it was still clogged. And that's a very sensible conclusion to come to, Kyle. So, um, I was on the verge of pulling the pin on a 600 buck replacement, which would have done it, when the dealership suggested a radiator shop about an hour away, saying if they can't fix it, no one can. They flushed it, did a chemical soak overnight, pressure tested it for leaks afterwards. I put it all back together and rode it for over an hour with rock steady temperatures, 75 degrees. Ta-da! Nice. Huge shop shout out to Chris at Ride Radiator in Chatham, Ontario for cleaning up my rad. Another shout out to Bob's Motorsports, also in Chatham, for the recommendation and not just taking my money for new parts. Thanks again for your advice last week and for a great podcast. All the best, Kyle. Hey, Good I'm job, so man. glad that worked out. Hell of a value there getting it flushed out instead of getting a new one. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the, the thing is, we all put um, antifreeze and coolant mix in our bikes. And the trouble is, you know, our bikes get hot. In a lot of cases, hotter than cars because there's a lot more going on in a compact space. We talked about this earlier. And, you know, as the coolant gets boiled off, as it basically reduces down into some kind of toxic source into this soup the solids stay behind and they mix with bits of aluminium and bits of o-ring and bits of steel and kind of plug shit mm-hmm. like radiators mm. it's a gruesome thing so there you go but yeah back flushing that's probably what they did did a back flush and then a chemical soak overnight and got all that crud out of there you can normally Prob- get it all out though like yeah, generally. I mean, you need a proper radiator shop to do it because they do this chemical bath overnight. And if you were to spend an hour in the bath, you'd probably come out as merely bones. You can it's also quite... just stick it in the dishwasher. You could stick it in the yeah. dishwasher um, if you want to annoy your wife, <laughs> girlfriend, mother, <laughs> husband, whatever. Um, you know, you might get the dog to pee in it. If your dog's got very acidic pee, that might help. Cat, in a pinch. Matt, you have one here. Make sure you get close to the mic and read. Here we go. Title, Help, Which Bike to Get? From okay. Dylan Don- Donnelly. Hello, Misfits. A couple years ago, you Hello, all... Hello, Dylan. Hello, Dylan. A couple years ago, you all helped me with a chain issue on my V-Strom 1000. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. Now I'm in need of your sage advice once again. Ooh. I'm selling my V-Strom and looking to get a dual sport. Mm-hmm. I've done my research and know all the specs for every dual sport out there. That's dual sport. Oh, a dual sport. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm six foot one, about 210 pounds. Oh, lucky lad. Yeah, very lucky man. I will plan on doing 60% on road, 40% off road, fire trails, etc. occasional mm-hmm. overnight. Mm. So not trails by the sound of it. I, have, I do have off road experience as well. I'm mainly looking at the WR250R, DRZ400, CRF250, and 300L. Mm. I like these options as they are all reliable, lighter weight, and have favorable maintenance intervals. Second tier options are bikes such as the DRZ650, XR650L, but not the KLR650. I'm open to others if you can convince me. My budget is about 4500 What yeah, bike okay. should I get? DRZ400. So, that I was going to say, yeah. this is for you to answer. DR650. So, I, I honestly, obviously I'm biased. I mean, WR250 is a trail sort of dirt bike. Almost. Right, but I yeah. think with all of his first choices, he's going to be looking for power. Whatever, yeah. whatever he buys, and as admirable as a WR250 is, 
He's going to be looking for power. And the DRZ kind of has it. I mean, of these of these. Yeah, I mean, they're grunting. I mean, they really grunty. do kind of hit you hard when you... Uh, you know, the, I think the best way to describe a, uh, a DRZ, it's, it's lusty. Mm-hmm. It's got a lusty... It's a trier. You know, it hasn't necessarily got a massive amount of power, but what it does have, you can feel it. Um, yeah, I think that if you're doing fire roads and you're just trying to get out there and have a good time and not worry about reliability, I mean, these are all reliable bikes, but the, the 400 I, is better I, on the road. I, I was vegging. Was there a KLX in the first group? I was about to say, let's throw that KLX, KLX 300 in there. Yeah. KLX 300. KLX. KLX. Okay. Good yeah. I think the problem is, is depending on how far he's going to drive to the trail. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, I, I, I he, he might have an El Camino. He might have an El Camino. If you do, then absolutely. But I think uh, actually, I like the DR six fifty for this too. Yeah, because then, no, no. then you can stretch your legs. That was uh, on the yeah. Which one did Carl say is better? The KLR. No, he didn't like the KLR. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the Yamaha I think is one to consider too. I mean, the WR two fifty. If you know, if, if they were available and the price was right, I would have picked that up before the Honda two fifty. Yeah, his budget. Yeah. His budget. I mean, the budget's yeah. the big one. I mean, I mean, you could get a DRZ for quite less than 4500 well, well drz isn't mm. the perfect bike either though i mean drz do have their issues yeah. Yeah. I mean. so here's the the real answer right now there's not as many bikes available you don't get Sellers to choose market. anymore yeah. yep. Yep. you have your price point and you have your needs that need that's to exactly be met right. and you're going to have a few bikes that meet that that's it and but they're all going to be good options because you're going to have fun on them. Yes. Yes. Be it as I was saying, like a CSC, you know, or right. so, just get something and have fun on it. All the little details don't matter that right. much. Right. Just remember that having been used to a thousand cc bike, the little of a bikes, as fun as they are, you will be looking for power. Just bear that in mind. That may yeah. not be a deal breaker. For yeah, what riding you are, but sooner or later you'll find yourself in a position, and you'll think to yourself, oh, "Fuck! I wish I'd have got a big, bigger bike." Yeah, find, find I, something with good torque numbers if you're yes. doing it. Well, I think you also way. ought to save a little money for for suspension work because at, yeah. at two ten he's going to need to. And maybe a gas tank, honestly, for the DRZ. That yeah. don't go very especially far for stock. the DRZ. Yeah. Yep. All right, and I got one left here, and, and Paul, I need you to pay attention to this one. Okay. Because Focused. well. And John. Okay. The wow. two, two old guys here. Married men in the room. Oh, I say. <laughs> this is important. Uh-oh. Uh, and this is from our friend Paul. Hi, and Paul. he says, so I just need you to double check the math here. Uh, so you know the formula. The formula. Do, Paul, do you know the formula for what's the right amount of bikes to have? N plus one. Uh, no. Well, there's there's a change. It's It's been uh, N plus one is the formula always one more than you have yeah it's now plus one so uh so paul says there's been a giant uproar in the mathematical community surrounding the issue (laughs) for years it has been assumed that n plus one whereas m n represents now uh equals the perfect amount of motorcycles then a heretic said that d minus one D being divorce mm. is the perfect amount. <laughs> so it is now understood to be M plus one is less than D minus one equals motorcycle equilibrium. So there's now room for uh, non-complete bikes and a happy marriage. You're welcome. Does anyone understand that? I failed out. Buy another bike. I, uh, I think the, I think I the young, some of those words. Is, the young man is, who lives in the laboratory probably does. <laughs> yeah, that it math is, is too advanced a, for It is a possible uh, 
it's a possible solution for the the uh, the equation. Another possibility is n plus one plus d. <laughs> yeah. N plus, <laughs> yeah. yeah. N plus exactly. one equals d. <laughs> exactly. Well, That's it. <laughs> well, and and you know it's a common thing here that we use dirt bikes as a form of currency. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I want to buy that new couch. I could, that's the same cost as a dirt bike. Exactly. Yeah. So, how many yeah, dirt bikes are, like for, are equal to the cost of a divorce? How many hmm. dirt bikes are? That Ooh. depends on how wealthy you are and how much you. Yeah. I think that factors in. Horrible. That I think that factors in. How many dirt bikes? Uh, yeah, is it better? Like you know, is it cheaper to buy two dirt bikes than this it is? is uh, to- well, the other thing is, is you want to is it ask forgiveness or permission? <laughs> so I tend to lead on the ask forgiveness side of things, but that sure. could equal divorce too. So yeah. you know what? And here's something that people don't really bring into play as much as they should. <clears throat> if you have a bunch of bikes in your garage, John. How many bikes do you have in your garage? Four right now. Is your wife maybe saying uh, maybe you shouldn't be bringing home any more bikes? Absolutely. What if you said, hey, this is Liza's bike. I'm just storing it for her. Nice. That might work. Right. (laughs) That might work. I can store a bike for you. So (laughs) there needs to be a buddy system. We could swap bikes, yeah. A buddy system um, where you're storing your friend's bikes. Or if you have children. uh, You're zeroing out the equation at that point. Just assign them to your children. There you go. That's works for me. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like D squared. And, you know, this kind of dovetails into it. Quickly, can I tell you about a couple of bikes I'm absolutely crushing on hard right now? Oh, certainly. Yeah, like, are course. you monosexual for them? Oh, oh absolutely. Oh. Well, so, um, oh they're both on eBay, hmm. and oh. they're both original paint mid-70s Sportsters. And, oh, oh God. Oh, God, they're handsome. Is that your mm. up-the-butt bike? Not quite. I mean, there's, I have a variety. But this is a sports they, <laughs> I think it's it's a perfect example of how wrong the design of sportsters have come. Mm. Because when you actually see one, there's a 74. That's but it's an original paint bike. I mean, it's absolutely as what I like them. What color is it? It's blue. Blue. Okay. And it's got the um, the AMF stripes on the tank. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Those things are God, hot. it's the most amazing looking thing. And the 75 is, they're just really, really handsome bikes. What do they want for it? Well, not massive money. I mean, both bikes you could probably get for under six, but the trouble is they're both on the East Coast. So, Emma, yeah. what's the formula for you? How many bikes can you have? I can have as many as one. I've got a bike shop. You know, at the moment, and yes, some belong to clients, but at the moment, Mototown is full. My garage is full. My friend's garage is full. It's just like, it's it's madness. It really is. It's absolute madness. See, there's another exponential thing too. I was thinking if I could get my wife a bike, I could probably could get myself another one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so then, then yeah. it sort of creates. I, I can't do the math on that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I need you to figure out these the equations for us. It's becoming more complicated. But while you're doing that. I want to do a big thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Yeah, including Paul right here is one of them. Woo-hoo. Hey, Woo-hoo. Right. thank you very much, Paul. I get to thank you for being a well, subscriber. Well, and um, if I could add that Paul not only is a Patreon subscriber, he bought me a very delicious lunch today. Mm. And anybody who buys me food or liquor 
immediately gets elevated to VIP yes. status in my book. <laughs> he bought me a you lunch get, and get, I gave his son a sticker, so I think we're even. It's even. Oh, you yeah. get free lap dances Sticker went from immediately Emma. on the bike, like two right. seconds or, later. Or from Knock. Or for me. <laughs> or both of us. If that's your thing. Oh, yeah. It's a small price to pay. <laughs> and if I could remind everyone, I am getting a new batch of Emma's Army stickers. Oh, right. Give it the beans. Faces made up. Finally, also yeah, nice. some Mototown stickers. I want oh, Mototown great. t-shirt. Um, That's what I want. And yeah, the t-shirts are a little while off yet. Um, but as soon as the stickers come in, I will announce it. And um, as always, fantastic. if you send a stamped addressed envelope to, you know the address. I will send stickers back. Recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com. Oh, no. You to the address. Email address is RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, or you can send a Sazy to 342 Washington Street, Santa Cruz, California, 95060. And she'll send them out. You know what I'm waiting for, Emma? Um, I just You haven't said what color their tassels will be on the Mototown pasties. Ooh, mm. that's, well, my yes. colors are blue. Ooh. Metallic, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I think metallic. <laughs> metallic. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I'm holding. But up. for the exotic nice. dancers in the audience, I will be offering Moto Town oh, pasties, do and there will be extra points for any exotic dancer can do clockwise rotation on the left and <laughs> counterclockwise it's, it's all in the on shoulders. the right. Oh, yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Is it is it reversed if you're in the southern hemisphere? It does. It reverses yeah, okay. for those yeah. for those in the southern oh, hemisphere. Boy. It actually so goes on us, the on the butt cheeks. Right, right. Right. Hey, on the butt cheeks. Our, right. Australian, Australian listeners, Australian listeners right. in the Antipodes. So, Emma, <laughs> good day, chums. Does that know, work with uh, talking to you. men with man boobs too? Can we no, no. You gotta go the other way. I will. I'll be offering, I will actually be offering quite large sums of money to men with man boobs who promise never to wear pasties. So, you know, there is money on the table for that. Well, and, and, and Matt and Paul, thanks for coming down and spending the day with us. Um, I know that uh, you, I don't know if you knew what to expect because you hear the podcast and we talk about stuff. Well, the, the, the last time he was here, he was a child. child. He was I a know. mere child. I know. Wow. So I, I wanted to ask, like, what were some of the highlights for you today? I just like shooting the shit and talking to people and just, you know, right. he hearing whatever weird opinions or input or, you know, contrarian yeah. stance well, people I, may I, have. I, I enjoyed I, meeting all the misfits here in sunny Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz, California. California. <laughs> oh, seeing, sorry, seeing the dogs <laughs> <was> crazy. <laughs> oh, t Electric oh, Terry Electric Terry and his yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. He almost plowed me over when he yeah. came in. God. <laughs> Terry and his uh, electric... He needs like a steam horn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a close call. Yeah, yeah it says, Terry and his electric dog barge. Is that mm -hmm. if, you ever, now? if you ever ride with Terry, Terry lives on the edge. And that dog, man. Yeah. It's fun. Well, I hope you guys come down again, but also open invite to anyone else. It is summertime. Yes. That means yeah. people are traveling. Yes, and I believe they did clean up all the shit on Highway 17, so you can now come to Santa right. Cruz. And um, I believe I'm hosting a listener at Mototown next Ooh. Thursday. Nice. That's right. Ooh, nice. Yes. yes. Um, do it, lady. Do you want to give that address for anyone traveling on uh on you know down the Pacific Coast, yeah, if I they're mean, not going to be here on a Sunday. If you're you if can, you are traveling down mm -hmm. Highway One and you were during the week and you would like to visit Miss Emma at Mototown, um, I am at thirty sixteen Del Monte Boulevard, Marina, California nine three nine three three. 
Okay, I want you to give that one more time. I'm going to say, if you want, uh, ask Miss Emma, uh, a Miss Emma sticker. Send your Sazy too. Oh, no. I. What? You can send it, actually. Send your Sazy to P.O. Box 200, Marina, California, 93933. P.O. Box go. 200. And you can mark it Moto Town because that's where I get all my mail. I don't actually have a mailbox at Motown. But you oh, have yeah. a bathroom. <laughs> but I have my own bathroom. There you go. Which is out of order again. Because I've been oh, no. eating. Did Liza go by? No, I've been eating. You have the Vindaloo, darling. I've been eating Indian <laughs> the food again, and I put the bathroom out of commission. I'm sorry. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, I think that is a wrap to a, another great Sunday. We had all sorts of characters you guys got to meet. Out That's in the garage great. today. Another... Got to meet the Pez head here. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, was, I was looking at him like, how do I just, it's either Pez or a baby carrot. I couldn't. <laughs> it works with a Brodo GP shirt. It totally does. <laughs> that it is amazing, isn't it? Just, yeah. Head of a lozenge. <laughs> oh, before I forget, my yeah. donation, I brought two eight millimeter sockets and an extension because I was oh. trying to find these today and they were there were Oh, none, fantastic. So, a couple of eight millimeters. Thank you very Once much. Once there were none and now there are plenty. Thanks. All right. So Matt and, and Paul, we're about to do the thing where we're going to say our names. We're going to go around the room. So you be ready. Bagel, we're going to end with you. So Bagel. on that note, we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again. This is Liza. This is Knock. Matt. Paul. Emma Darling. Naked Jim, son. Stoppy John, son, son. Bagel. And we're out of here. Cool. Ah. Cool.